It's a good time to be indigenous. I am here with Devin Destiny. Hey! Jay from Falcus Media. And myself, Cody Isaac. Welcome to the Intertribal Podcast. Heck yeah. Ooh. Episode two, everybody. Yeah. Episode two. Coming in hot. It feels good. <laughs> it it does. Didn't it feel good to have that first one kind of out of the way? <laughs> yeah, it does. And you know what? We we had some really good feedback on it. Um, we'll get to more of that like later. But honestly, I feel like... Even though it's just been like a short while since we have recorded that, I feel like you and I have both kind of had a bit of a a week or two yeah, going on. It, it, you know what? It has it has been. We've had a couple of hiccups. Yeah. Um. So maybe let's uh, let's check in. Like, how what's been up with you? What's uh, how's your last week or two been? I'll start this off with a bang. Um. Remember how <laughs> I was talking about getting to have that like fun uh, release time, like recharge that energy. And I went out of town with my husband and met up with some of our friends in Alberta. And I ended up like having a little too much fun. Lost my phone. <laughs> um. So you know what that was like for me messaging you guys freaking out not yeah. I'm not tech savvy at all and for having to figure all that out it was so frustrating and I literally cried like probably twice a day oh. trying to get things organized on my old phone which I had not remembered any passwords to anything that so. is gonna be the fall of our us as humanity passwords oh it's already happened for me I'm, I'm such a caveman I'm, I need things like written down on paper and yeah technology sometimes just does not like me I wouldn't be surprised if this mic came up and whacked me in the face so <laughs> that's just how it goes um, but yeah like lost my phone in Alberta um, ended up you know replacing it with my old phone which is fine it's fine it's not really but it's fine um, and uh, what else has happened since then? Um, do, do, do. What, what did you do in Alberta? What were you there for? You're oh, visiting friends, but you were like. Yes, we were visiting our best friends, but we were there for the PBR and it was so much fun. Like I'm super into like the Nashville style. I don't know if you know what Nashville style is, like NFR style, Not PBR style. Yeah, you have to, you'll have to educate me. I'm oh not my sure. gosh. It's like, dude, the seventies. They're back, baby. And <laughs> I'm here for it. Uh, one of my most favorite decades. And I've never, ever, ever been able to completely mourn the loss of bell bottoms and flares. And the <laughs> fact that they are now back in style. I was all about it. And I got stopped, I swear, every 10 feet asking where my jeans came from. Really? Oh, it was glorious. I was living my celebrity lifestyle over there. It was great. And then I lost my phone. So then I lost all contact with the universe. Oh, no. <laughs> So bell, okay, bell bottoms, that they're coming back in, oh, in cowboy back. fashion, though. Uh, well, more or less, yeah. You you see it more in the kind of Western fashion industry and style. Um, a little bit here and there with some of the young kids. Um, they're bringing back some of this. It's cool because they all like we started this. It's like no, you guys did not. <laughs> <laughs> I did that when I was like way younger than you. So no, you did not. And then my mom did that too. So you know, styles come back and. I love that because I'm kind of a clothes hoarder. That's that's another thing that's been happening. Um, I cleaned my closet. Whoa! Super proud of myself. And any skeletons in there? 
Surprisingly, <laughs> yes, no. Um, <laughs> but I, I cleaned my closet and I was super happy about that because um, I honestly believe like for a healthy mind and for my anxiety to just kind of go away, um, I need to have a clean home. And lately, because we've been so busy and the evacuations in and out and in and out so many times, I didn't, I still haven't unpacked some of my stuff, right? So mm. it's been kind of a mess around the house, but it's all good. It's fine. I just put my rose colored glasses on and forget it's there. <laughs> <laughs> I seen a lady actually in the, in the lineup at uh, shoppers, I believe it was. And she actually had rose colored glasses on. I kid you not like r rose lenses and the frame. And I was like, I just kind of had a chuckle to myself and I had, cause I've always heard the saying, but never actually heard anyone or seen anyone wear <laughs> Those colored glasses before. I love that. I bet you anything, it was my friend Caitlin or my friend Lila because yeah. they both rock them. <laughs> it might have been. It might have been. Yeah, yeah. Very edgy, eccentric person. Then, yes, that was her. Gotcha. Um, <laughs> but, yeah, no, that's awesome. Um, yeah, aside from, like, my messy closet uh, makeover. Um, hanging with the kids, doing the whole farm thing. Um, geesh, what else happened? Uh I got to sing um, the national anthem at the Remembrance Day ceremony, and I put my Devon spin on things. I switched up some lyrics. To me, it was kind of important to do that. Yeah. Um, I feel like our our national anthem, and this is no disrespect to anybody who has served in uh, the armed forces at all, but I do believe, like, I've, I've heard of all of the racism and sexism there. Like, I wanted to subtly change the lyrics so that it was more inclusive and i reached out to some of my two-spirit friends um asking them like what do you think of the lyrics like this and they were like hands up we approve and i was like okay great yeah. awesome because i feel like if we have a national anthem it should embody and embrace everybody and i also included like you know i switched creator in for god and nice. you know just little subtle things here, but I made myself feel very proud about it. And I see other artists and singers doing it too. And Hey, like I'm here for it. I'm standing with you guys. Yeah. I, th I think that's, that's awesome. I think, uh, it's, it's brave. It's bold in a way. Right. I mm -hmm. mean, like there's some things that like, you know, having that, thought and that feeling in your heart to say you know what i'm just gonna i'm just gonna just a little just a little, little adjustment here and i think it, it's gonna make this song you know more in have an impact have an impact yes yeah. thank you. that's what i was trying to say little tweak for a big impact yeah because i mean we uh i don't even know how this came about and i, I don't want to dive down this rabbit hole too much um but you know we there was a big uh, uprising of changing the anthem, the lyrics of the anthem uh, yeah, a few was. years ago, yeah. right? From uh, all thy sons command. Yeah. And it changed it to all the on command. All, all the, okay. I, to be honest, I, I mean, I haven't been at a public sports event or anywhere that sings the anthem. So I haven't actually been a part of a national anthem in a number of years, but uh, I don't think I would even consciously think about singing it. Mm -hmm. the new way i think it's yeah. just very ingrained from you know from a young age that like yeah the original version not well, to say that it's uh inappropriate but 
Well, when you think of it, right, it wasn't just men that served. It was women that served. There was, mm-hmm. there was you know, two-spirit people that, that served as well. So if we're going to have a national anthem that is supposed to represent our country, it should represent everyone in this country, mm. right? Yeah. And not be sexist, is my <laughs> point, or racist. Yeah. And, you know, uh, we've been talking about, like, certain prophecies and stuff like that, too, coming about, like, with all the white animals coming and how there's certain changes happening in the world. And, you know, it's kind of great that we get to be here and live through that, even though, I mean, I saw this meme on Facebook and it was so relatable, but also I was just like, but I'm kind of glad I'm in this lifestyle here and now, but... It was, I'm so tired of living through historical events. <laughs> <laughs> true. Very true. <laughs> yeah. it, it, it's, it's heavy, but also amazing to witness like a transformation of not just our country, but like the world. I don't know. I've seen a lot. Uh, there's, uh, yeah, there's a lot of change going on and it's more than I think a lot of us can keep up with. Yeah. Uh, we're, you know, in terms of society, in terms of our landscape, in terms of our environment, everything is changing really fast. Finances and all over. Yeah. 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 Well, anyway, enough about me and my stuff. What's going on with you, Cody? <laughs> <laughs> hey, you you have good stuff. There's, I, I think that, um, my my last week or two has been a little bit like up up and down. Um, I've been, you know, I've had uh, a lot of challenges in my life recently, um, and I, I we'll touch on this later when we get into the uh, discussion of mental health. But um, you know, I uh, just been trying to organize school and taking a step away from school right now because because uh, my mental health is not in a good place. I'm not in a good place. I'm getting towards a better space, but I'm still navigating this, uh, with the loss of my mom last year. And then my brother, um, very recently with, uh, within the last month. Mm-hmm. So it's been a heavy, a heavy, uh, just a lot of weight on my shoulders and mm-hmm. a lot of grief. And, uh, so I've decided that, you know, I, I, I can't just sit back and let it get the better of me. So I, you know, I, I've, uh, I had a, I've started going to the gym, uh, which was incredible. The, the difference in my mindset and just my, my mental, uh, like, um, What's the word I'm looking for here? I'm uh, <laughs> we drawing blanks already. My, my state of mind, my state yeah. of mind. Um, it from going to the gym and then the two days after. Yeah, it was like the a total change in in how I was. You released endorphins. Yeah, mm-hmm. and I felt it. Yeah, I felt that the next day. I was like, I woke up. I felt good. I actually kind of felt like my old self again. Good. And I realized how important that um, that is. Mm-hmm. That that going to the gym is like it's self care. Self care. Yeah. And so you know we uh, so I I did that. Um, and then you know with our business with our North Okanagan Apparel, 
Uh, we had to get ready for a Christmas market. Uh, Sarah and I are a little rusty uh, with the markets because we haven't done one since September. Yeah. So uh, we had to come up with a new setup for indoor spaces and, yeah. you know, trying to get inventory together and make sure we had enough, uh, you know, product to kind of go to the market. And yeah. the market was great. Awesome. It was uh, really good. So, you know, big thank you to uh, everyone who uh, came and supported us um, with their Christmas shopping. Uh, it was it was really nice. And it's a really kind of a cool feeling when you see someone come in uh, when they're already wearing something of yours and then they buy more. You fans. know, fans. Right? Like, oh, <laughs> uh, just. Sorry, not fans. Supporters. Yeah. There yeah. we go. Like, uh, it's just an incredible, it feels surreal still, you yeah. know, but, uh, yeah. Um, what else did I get to? Yeah. Just sorted out school as I was saying. To, uh, so I'm taking a step away, um, just to work on myself and get myself in a good space. Recenter. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Recenter. Um, I actually, today, uh, I went, uh, and met with the associates Dean yeah. of, uh, of my faculty and we had a great half hour conversation just around uh academics and mental health and stuff like that and it was really good she um <laughs> you know in my head and i think we get jaded as students mm -hmm. uh but you know in my mind when you're gonna meet a dean or uh or someone high up in the in the university yeah. i think we automatically assume that they're kind of like not good people or <laughs> you know what or I they're mean? gonna like, be like scary big scary, scary yeah you know yeah. like you feel intimidated and i did not feel that way at all oh, she was good. just really sweet really nice and uh actually um i'm hoping we had had a conversation about the um the paperwork when you want to do a uh it's called a standing deferral okay and what that allows you to do is basically uh take a step away from your classes but have an extended time to complete it on your own oh that's nice yeah i wasn't uh awarded that uh privilege um yeah. and sorry i shouldn't say privilege it's just i wasn't as far along in my courses as i needed to be to take that yeah. standing deferred because you have to have like 60% completion yeah. as well as a 60% grade in your class. Oh, okay. And I wasn't you at those there. marks. So the reason they say that is because if you're at 60% completion and a 60% grade, uh, the chances of you passing are, are good. Are good. Yeah. Whereas if you're anything less than that, they found more often than not students wouldn't make it through. Yeah. So, um, so yeah, it was, uh, it, but it's really difficult to understand. Like it's yeah. a big long write-up of this document they have to read and understand and so we had a conversation around that and so i might be helping in the future with rewriting this in a more simpler way just for students to read it and understand and understand that they do have something to help them out when they are in that position yes that's good yeah so awesome yeah, so that was that was really good i uh i had a uh my second counseling session today yeah, how'd which that was go? really, really awesome. But I'll touch on that more in the other topic in the other topic. But <laughs> uh, yeah, it's just been, um, you know, just really, I'm truly trying to focus on my mental health and navigating my myself and trying to just get myself into a, a just good riding space. that wave. Yeah. Yeah. Hey, yeah. well, kudos to you for doing that and speaking so openly about it because a lot of people feel like they they can't share that about themselves, right? So like kudos to you for like stepping forward into the light and 
um, you know, back to when you did your, your, um, Instagram video and post and then posted that. Um, I know you got a lot of good feedback off of that too. And a lot of thank yous for bringing awareness to it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's, it's important. Um, I, I love talking <laughs> and I, I really enjoy sharing if, if my, if something, that I discuss with anybody uh, can help them in any way, shape, or form. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's a that's that makes me feel good. That's good, you know. <laughs> well, on that note, um, talking and making people feel good. We had asked for feedback on episode number one, and I know I got a flood of messages. Hey, it was so cool, and and there's been some constructive criticism, which we have duly noted. Thank you very much. Um, <laughs> hey, no, like no sass from me at all. Like everything that was pointed out to me, I had already realized the first time I watched it back, and you know me and my hair flips and saying the word <laughs> like too much. You guys, I have a problem. <laughs> I have a problem with the word like and i think it was the generation i was brought up in and the girls that you know everybody that i hung out with we overuse the word like and i remember when i was back like tr- oh i did it again. <laughs> i was back training in uh. I'm trying so hard not to say it. Now you're thinking about it. Now it's, now it's right there. Now you're, (laughs) it's so bad. Oh my goodness. Okay. Um, I was training to do, um, rodeo queen, uh, programs and stuff like that, which I didn't go too far in. And I honestly, like my head and heart wasn't fully in it just because I lacked the confidence. But, um, that was somebody, somebody's note to me. Um, when I, it wasn't like during the competition at all, but it was like, you say the word like too much when you're talking. Oh, wow. Oh, okay. I will work on that. But like, don't you know? <laughs> and then I carry on. Yeah. But, you know, I, I, I love all the feedback that we've been getting. Yeah, it's it's been, uh, I, uh, you are much more active than I am on social media, which I'm in, in awe of. And I would really like to um, learn how to do that better. Uh, but yes the feedback it's been it's been great like everyone's uh, a lot of positive feedback um and there's just been it's just nice to hear that people are enjoying episode one Mm -hmm. and uh, we are hoping to continue to put out good content that people can relate to and enjoy and just sit back and and be a part of you know yeah I love the conversation that it sparks too. Um, and this is something that I'm going to say to everybody too. If you like what we're doing, please like our pages, subscribe to our pages, comments, leave comments. Um, we appreciate all kinds of feedback. And when we are getting the engagement, it really helps us out, um, gives us the confidence to keep moving forward and keep doing better like even if it's just the 1% better the next episode like uh, <laughs> I, it again. I need to get a rubber band on my wrist and snap it every single time I'm, no, I'm gonna do that next time no no I need I think I need like uh something like maybe put on your ankle like a little shocker oh my just gosh. like every time <laughs> I don't think I could handle the shocker I'd rather do the rubber band that's like the shocker just seems like a bad idea for me <laughs> <laughs> I know, idea. but are you uh, like I? Are you gonna be able to uh, 
snap the I would yeah. I catch myself I've been much more aware and trying to pay more attention to saying the oh, word like uh Jay's got a rubber band what? Right there. Oh my gosh, shoot <laughs> that over here yes and it's blue and it goes with my outfit uh, okay guys I have a rubber band on my wrist now Hear thanks that? Jay oh shit. <laughs> okay. all right it works it works uh, that was good okay now just holding myself accountable that's what life is about, guys. That I've never seen someone hold themselves accountable so quickly in my entire <laughs> life. That was incredible. You know what, Cody? <laughs> Careful what you wish for. Uh. <laughs> um, but yeah, on that note, um, the feedback we've been getting, you guys, so amazing. We really appreciate it. Um, one thing we have been asked to do, and we even talked about this in episode one, is doing like... A quick Q and A. We were gonna do like the twenty one questions thing, but yeah. we're gonna keep it a little short because him and I can just go off. Yeah, <laughs> you're not wrong. Uh, it could turn into like fifty questions uh, very Easily. quickly. Yeah, oh, <laughs> or gosh. or we might not even hit twenty one. It might it might totally. just be uh, five questions or ten. <laughs> well, I mean, should we rock paper scissors for who gets to go first? Um, no, because I don't win at paper, rock, scissors. My track record at paper, rock, scissors is not great. Today's your day, Cody. Let's try it. So how do we play though? Do you do like, is it one, two, three, go? Or do you just do one, two, and then go? I don't know. I'm like rock, paper, scissors, boom. Okay. That's how so I, I play. That, okay, cool. Let's right, do it. So okay, you ready? Okay. Oh gosh. Rock, rock paper, paper, scissors, scissors bomb. Bomb. Hit you with a bomb. What? Okay, I win anyways. Um. That is not a thing. You can't. <laughs> Again, Sagittarius nature, super competitive. I can't believe that you just you just rewrote the rules like that. That's okay. All right. Sorry. No. Nope. I'm full of secrets sometimes. <laughs> I had a secret weapon. Uh, so does that mean I'm asking you first or you're asking me first? No, then? I'm going to ask you first. Oh, okay. Gotcha. Yeah. <laughs> Darn. Okay. 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 Serious, super serious question. Mm. If you could have a superpower, any superpower, mm -hmm. which one would it be? Flying. Yes, I love that. Easy. Yeah. I and the reason I say flying is because I um when I do have lucid dreams I fly more often than not and I'm like, "Oh, I'm flying. This is amazing." And I'm like, "Ah, oh, but I'm dreaming." I'm like, "What if it just stops?" And I'm like, oh, "I better land." And then see if I could do it. I'm again. dreaming. I better land in this dream. I'm gonna land this thing before I yeah. wake up. Well, I just want to make sure that I like I have the ability to fly. Yeah, you know that it's not just it's not just like I just oh look you're flying. I want to yeah. know that I can control that. Yeah. So then I stop and then I like jump up like Superman style and then I'm back flying again. I'm like yes, this is incredible. It is the most freeing incredible feeling in the world in in dream flying i understand what you mean because i actually totally have the same dreams i always dream that i actually like morph into a hawk whoa and i'm flying over mary's emerald bay and yeah. it's always the same dream it's a repetitive dream and i and it's literally like it feels like i'm being dangled from strings out of the sky just gliding whoa and i can see all the land and it was before there was houses it's like i'm back in time as this hawk wow right so i agree with you i would totally choose flying as the superpower so if so if i asked you the same question that would be your answer if was you, that the question you were going to ask me <laughs> <laughs> well i feel like it's fair we should have uh then yes flying or like i would be 
just like Rogue, or is it Rogue or Phoenix? Is or is that the same person? Um, no, Phoenix. Yeah, Phoenix is. A- she, she's got all the like the cool telekinesis powers. Isn't yes, yes. That's what I would want. Either well, because she could fly too. So yeah, I want telekinesis. Wow. That would be that would be really cool. Like even if you could combine the two, mm-hmm. I think that'd be pretty pretty impressive. Um, I I you know I, I I see now like they're like you, have you seen recently like people are creating hoverboards, people are doing those jetpacks yeah. now, uh, like the water powered ones. Like yeah. we're getting into a, a new area of being able to kind of fly. It's like Back to the Future. Oh man. Isn't then that's we all thought we were gonna have hoverboards by this point, all of us, every oh, single one of us. Yeah. Well, I mean, hey, wasn't it somebody local to our area that actually like built one and like drove all around the Okanagan on one, or was that like another area? I, I don't know. You don't remember hearing about that? Mm-mm. I, I mean, it was years ago, but I remember seeing it in the newspaper back when I used to read the newspaper. <laughs> I remember seeing something about someone in our area driving around like this hovercraft thing. Hmm. It might have been my China days when that happened. Possibly. You missed out on a lot over here, hey? Oh, did I ever? Yeah. Okay. Well, dude, you got to ask me a question now. And yeah. I'm trying to think of a question. I'm not I'm oh sometimes gosh. I'm not I'm not good on the spot. When it comes to questions, I overthink it, but I got one. I'm, I'm okay, ready. Okay, okay, okay. Uh, so what is, can you tell everyone about how it is you got into your spiritual medicine? Ooh, oh my gosh. I feel like this needs like its own episode because I could talk about this forever and ever and ever and ever. Um, hmm, where to start? It began with very vivid dreams as a kid. Yeah. Um, it also kind of um, my mom. I, I have to say my oops. Uh, my mom was a huge influence for me. Like she was a very spiritual woman. Um, taught me a lot as a child, and um, I would have these experiences. And I give kudos to my mom for always making me feel comfortable enough to kind of talk to her about it. So she kind of encouraged me to keep going. Whereas a lot of parents get freaked out when their kids can do like freaky things (laughs) or see freaky things. And Mm -hmm. they just say, Oh, it's in your imagination. And they, they totally shut it off for kids. And it's to me, I'm like, that's not okay. Like with my daughters, like with winter too, like I'm very on, hold on, hold on. (laughs) <laughs> I did it again. Okay. My arm hurts. So <laughs> the sweater got the, the brunt of that one. But um, winter, anytime she's having like those moments, I want her to feel comfortable talking yeah. about it with me. And my the way that my mom made me feel comfortable talking about it with her. Mm-hmm. Uh, my mom even went so far to bring me to psychics and stuff. Um, Whoa. And so, and so did, um, my dad's ex-wife, um, my, my ex stepmom. um, she was somebody who was also very spiritual and in tune and also encouraged that within me because she would see things and I would see things, but nobody else would see it. And then we would look at each other and be like, did you just see that? Yeah. Okay, cool. I'm not crazy. All right. Um, that's incredible. So we, we ended up doing like 
uh, past life regression sessions. And I found out quite a bit of stuff that, you know, it was just wild for me to talk about right now too. I don't want people thinking I'm too woo woo or crazy or anything. Maybe we'll get into <laughs> that when people feel comfortable with me and get to know me a little more. Heck yeah. Um, but it started at a very young age and I was always the spooky kid. Like I was always the one telling the scary stories to kids because it didn't really scare me, but I had fun scaring other people. Yeah. And, um, <laughs> you know, my mom taught me how to, how to block out energies, how to tell them to go away, how to say no. A lot of us kids have been taught that those who we, like parents in the indigenous culture, it's just something that we don't shame about. It's something that's kind of encouraged and we, make very aware with kids as it should be it should be you you know what there are there's forces in the world and and you should know how to kind of deal with them yep and that's kind of where my where that all started for me and then I guess finding out more of my lineage um and also just having a natural attraction to it since I was a kid like I was probably winter's age where I was dressing up as a witch every day and my friends would be princesses <laughs> and I'd be like I'm the scary witch and I'm gonna cast spells on you and yeah maybe I did start out a little dark and evil Morticia Adams style meets Elvira and all those other amazing uh, nice. dark goddesses but <laughs> it, it started at a very young age and it's never gone away it's always continued and um, you know, if my parents would have let me have my way, I would have been straight up goth. Um, <laughs> no joke. <laughs> yeah. I've, I think, uh, that's incredible. Um, you, uh, you are one of my friends who has that ability to see different things that others can't. Yeah. Um, I have other friends who have told me of things that they've seen that others have not. Yeah. And I'm not one of those people. I don't have that ability. I can't see the things that maybe you can see, yeah. but it doesn't mean that I don't believe that it's real or that it, it doesn't exist mm -hmm. because I think um, we as people have this ideology of like, oh, if I can't see it, it's... Uh, it's not real. It's not real. And that's yeah. so false. You can't uh, see air. Is that not real? <laughs> like, <laughs> yeah. Yeah, exactly. You can't see germs. Is that not real? You can, 100%. True. True. Yes, you Did are. Did you guys just hear that? Jay just said he is a see it to believe it kind of person. <laughs> so, careful. Okay, Jay, careful what you wish for. <laughs> I'm going to make some things happen. <laughs> just kidding. Maybe. Uh, <laughs> um, I get that, though. I understand that. I understand that because um, I do know of several other uh, witches or women in the women and men in the spiritual communities who are also the same way with their cultural teachings. Mm -hmm. They are taught certain things like I can't see certain things from your culture because to me it's not real. Mm -hmm. But. This is where like, oh my gosh, like this is also going to be another episode for another time because I would like to talk about how in all different cultures, there are certain grains of truth in mythology. I like, you know, I'm somebody who believes like everything in the Bible, like, yeah, there's so many lessons in there. There's so many things to live by in the Bible. Am I a religious person? Hell no. Mm. Um, do I think that there is beauty in all religions? Um, yeah. Do I think some religions are fucking crazy? Absolutely. Mm -hmm. um, but I find 
just from my experience and my studies in my whole life, there are grains of truth everywhere. Like, do I believe giants walk the earth? Hell yes, I do. Do I believe that there once were dragons? We had dinosaurs, didn't we? <laughs> like, <laughs> yeah, of course there were dragons. I, I, I don't know. And, I, and I, with unicorns, we have narwhals in the ocean. Of course there were unicorns. <laughs> Everyone needs to get off the that's all fantasy train because guess what? Some of the things that you think are not real, they very well could have been. Hey, there I I don't I I I don't know. I, See, I wanna, you're, you're thinking I'm crazy right now. No, 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 no. Not thinking you're crazy, <laughs> but like I was with you till unicorns. Okay. <laughs> I was, I Dude, was, narwhals. We no. actually found a, not a unicorn, but a giant person's uh, skeleton. Yeah. That's thousands of years old. Yeah. I, mean, I, I saw that on. Uh, Probably in like Iceland or something. Hmm. Giants. Yeah, no, We're I, I, giants I believe right that. Now. I don't get me wrong. I believe that there was giant people because obviously at one point in time, the reason that the trees were as big as they used to be, that reason animals and plants and dinosaurs were all as big as they were is because there was more oxygen in the atmosphere than there is now. Oxygen was a reason that things grew to be as big as they were. Yeah. So yes, I believe that. I'm just saying, I want to believe that there's unicorns, See, this is, but a narwhal is going to have to be the closest thing. You are the science man. I am the mystical magician maiden. Like there it <laughs> that's is. That's what we bring to the table. You're like, no, these are the facts, and I'm like, open your mind, bro. Open your mind. <laughs> yeah. No, you're right. You're right. I, I'm with you. Um, it's opening now. Like we're gonna. Okay. It's, it's gonna. <laughs> gonna get there. <laughs> okay. Okay. Question number two. Because mm. everyone wanted to get to know us, um, which I do believe somehow in our intro, maybe we'll incorporate that, like talk about who we are. But here we go with question number two, Cody. <laughs> uh, I'm gonna switch it up. What inspired you and Sarah to start your business? Uh, you know what? That's, uh, <laughs> in all honesty, it really came down to, uh, Sarah was going to be going home, uh, for a visit for, to see her family back in Ontario. And she wanted to get some local Okanagan swag to like bring home, whether it be t-shirts or sweaters or cups or whatever, just something to bring home and say, Hey, you know, here's a gift from the Okanagan. But when she decided to go shopping and look around at what was available, uh, the prices were really high. Uh, you know, we're talking, you know, hundred dollar sweaters and $60 hats, which and is ludicrous, ludicrous yeah. uh, for the average consumer, right? Oh, it's, yeah. it's, it, I'm sorry. What kind of job do you have where you can drop $200 on a sweater? Uh, Jay, don't answer that. <laughs> <laughs> but it, you know, it's like, but I, I have, I do have friends who will spend Two, three, four hundred dollars on jeans. Yeah. On well, jeans—that's different. Those last so long. Well, I can't I mean, justify paying any more. Like, I go to if I go to the bay, like, and see jeans on sale, like Levi's on sale for you know fifty bucks. Yeah. I'm like, okay, I can, uh, but okay, but yeah. I can't pay full pop for jeans. I get that. Um, I get it. <laughs> so, you know that that all. So Sarah, and then the perfect kind of storm happened, right? So there's, I believe that there's two kinds of people in the world when it comes to disaster. Mm -hmm. uh, so 
that all kind of happened with uh, wanting to get stuff and send it home to her family. But then COVID hit. Mm-hmm. And all of a sudden, Sarah had this freedom to just be herself and be creative and kind of like, so she had this idea. She texted her best friend and she's like, hey, I just designed this. And it's this logo here. So not the circle logo, but just the Okanagan with the mountain and the sun. Yeah. She designed that, sent it to her friend and said, hey, I think I'm going to put this on some t-shirts for my family. What do you think? And her friend's like, that's amazing. I love it. You should definitely do that. So it, what turned into like this thing that was meant to be just for family and friends, we realized very quickly that we had something. Yeah. And so it started off with heat, heat vinyl, tra- heat transfer vinyl yeah. and a heat press. And we had the cricket out and, you know, we were making t-shirts and sweaters and we kind of, Sarah decided to make a, a Facebook page or a test in the water seeing, Hey, would, would people buy this? Are they yeah. interested? <laughs> and she it took in- off. <laughs> it took off. She invited her friends, but then I invited my friends and I have lots of friends, lots of friends. And it just blew right up, blew right up. Yeah. Because Sarah told me something that I didn't, uh, I don't understand fashion at all. Uh, her and I clash on this. <laughs> All the time. Did I'm, she dress you today? No. Oh. I dressed myself. <laughs> oh, Why? Good, good is job. It, is no, it? no, no. It's great. Don't <laughs> worry. <laughs> but she, you know, a little bit of a side side story here. Like she will, you know, we have aspirations uh, given this crazy market we're in right now. But one day we do have aspirations to build a house. Yeah. And she always shows me these ideas on Pinterest. And she's like, hey, look at this. What do you think? And I look at it and I'm like, I, I I don't like the color of these windows or something or like the, the trim around the windows. And she's yeah. like, oh my God, I'm not asking you to look at that. I'm asking, I want you to look at like the whole layout and yeah. just what you think. And I'm like, oh um, yeah, it looks good. And she's like, oh my God. <laughs> See, you're like detail focused. She is like big picture. Absolutely. Yeah. I need to see it for what it is. I have a hard time um, imagining how mm-hmm. something would look. Yeah. I just need to literally see it. Yeah. And so um, for her, she told me, so going back to the the creation of the, of the company, it was just, she's like, we are in this minimalist is like the thing now, minimal. Yeah. And so that logo, just clean, clear, simple. Yeah. People were attracted to it. They're like, hey, that's nice. Mm-hmm. It's not busy. It's not, you know, there's not too much going on. And so... That was the original logo that she created. Yeah. And from there, um, you know, we div- we incorporated our, like our branded logo yeah. because just having Okanagan, it doesn't, it, no one knows who we are. So yeah. we decided to have a, uh, uh, we needed to create a. Like a short story. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And so, you know, we, we came up with a, a slogan, you know, the sweet life. Yeah. Um, and that has multiple meanings. Yeah. Uh, Tribute. Tribute uh, to my late brother, Jamie, who passed away in uh, 2013. Um, So I've always wanted to kind of carry on his name somehow. I was never sure how, but this was a really wicked way to uh, Mm -hmm. kind of carry on his name. Yeah. And the other part of it, uh, as Sarah uh, had brought into the fold, is just like... The sweet life. Living in the Okanagan is sweet. It is the sweet life here. Yes. I quite love it. Yeah. yeah. It, it's like, 
Year round. I mean, granted, this year's been a fucking write-off, but uh, <laughs> like, you know, on a on a normal year, um, it doesn't matter what season it is. There's always mm-hmm. something going on. It's beautiful. People come here from all over the world to enjoy the winter and the summer and the seasons in the Okanagan. We have like celebrities and like sports stars oh, yeah. and all sorts of people here all the time, and it's so cool. Like, honestly. I feel like the Okanagan is like utopia. It is. Yeah. And and we're seeing it. Yeah. We are seeing it turn into this almost mm-hmm. California style of like, yes, you know, migration of people and it just attracts. I love that you said that because I always tell people the Okanagan is the California of Canada. It is. 100%. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. Uh, so from there, you know, we, we realized, you know, obviously when you start a business, you need to look at your competition. Mm-hmm. You got to see who's out there, what they're doing. And we were like, we felt, you know, people were like, oh, you're, you're trying to compete. Nah, mm-hmm. we're not. We're really not. We felt that there was space mm-hmm. for us in the market for an affordable yet quality, good material product that we could produce. Yes. And that's what we've done. Love it. So that's that's how we started. Yeah. So it, you know, it's it's oh man, learning curves, ups and downs. Like, you know, that's business, baby. That's business, right? <laughs> so it, it's been it's been amazing. And honestly, you know, just having the support of our friends, our family, our community uh, has been everything. That that's the only reason we have been successful is because of the people who have embraced us and who mm-hmm. have like bought our stuff and said, Hey, you know what? I love your product. I love you guys. This is great. Mm -hmm. You know, without that, without that support, we wouldn't be anywhere. So thank you to everyone who's supported us on our journey so far. Yeah. No, I I remember when you guys first started your company right away, I bought a toque and I bought my mug, which is here today with me. Yeah. Had to bring a coffee today because I'm running on like no sleep. Um, (laughs) But I bought a sweater as well. And it's funny because I bought all of that for Ryan. I bought the coffee cup for myself, but I bought the sweater and the toque for Ryan. Do you think he gets to wear it though? No, I'm always wearing it. (laughs) I still, I, I call it our sweater and our toque. I, so <laughs> I'm glad you said that because I've learned this the hard way uh, in my three years with Sarah. Um, I don't own anything, actually. Do you guys share <laughs> socks too? Because I also steal Ryan's socks. <laughs> How can you? I guess you could. Yeah, I was like, you couldn't do the other way around. Like he couldn't no, steal he your socks. No, it would basically <laughs> fit like a toe. Yeah. Um. <laughs> It'd be the same with Sarah. Um, she, she doesn't steal my socks, thankfully. Uh, but, you know, we, we share sweaters, T-shirts. Yeah. You know, but, yeah, it's, it's no, nothing. I don't own anything. It's all ours. It's ours, right? yeah. No, I steal his work socks to wear in my gumboots when I go out to do, like, farm chores and stuff. And then he comes home like, where's all my clean socks? I'm like, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> you mean our socks? <laughs> uh, all right, yeah. I, got, I got a question for you now. All right, um, truth or dare. Just kidding. No. <laughs> <laughs> so tell me, you know, what, what drives you? to do the work that you do in terms of like you are very active in with the horses and cattle you have been a big um 
what's the word I'm looking for? Uh, like a, a big voice uh, mm-hmm. in in that community. And so I, I just want to know, like, what is your what motivates you to continue working with animals and doing advocacy and, yeah. you know, and your farm? And like, why do you why do you why is that yeah. a part of your life? Oh, geez. That's, you know what? That's like a loaded question because (laughs) I, uh, no, it's good. It's good because, um, I'm not going to say everything was hunky dory and perfect for a long time. Like animals to me are therapeutic and I do believe like there are people in the world who definitely do not deserve to have animals. (laughs) And that was a big part of, um, me joining like the feral horse community. I, was so tired and sick of seeing all these these horses like out in our community we have one of the most dangerous roads in canada and it's i think it's ranked like number three really dangerous roads in like bc or something oh i had no idea yeah it's pretty bad and um people just fly like they treat it like a racetrack yeah they do and you know living out where we live you think we wouldn't be hearing sirens we wouldn't be hearing all that but because people drive like fucking morons where we live i hear sirens going by on the daily and i'm always and it's funny because like well it's not funny but like the power will flicker and then everybody immediately is on facebook like who did it who's in the accident (laughs) who hit the telephone pole which area of the road is it all the neighbors talking and sometimes too like there were really bad accidents regarding cattle or horses and it's because like some of the fencing like people can't afford to fix their fencing people can't um we also live in like an open range area so for a certain amount of time during the year Animals are allowed to roam wherever the hell they want. Guess why? Because that was their territory first before colonialism. Sorry, I'm getting really heated here already. Um, (laughs) Tone down. Um, Before colonialism came to be in our country, there were no borders. There were no fences. There were, there was none of that. There was freedom. Yeah. You, you, and just to go back a little bit, you live on yeah. a dangerous corner. A very too. dangerous corner. That is a passing lane, which makes no fucking sense. No. I've, I've, I've told chief, well, not chief and council, but I've told family members on chief and council, like we need to do something about that spot. And then several other spots on West side road, because there should not be passing lanes there. I get, I almost get smoked going out of my driveway probably once a week because somebody starts passing before they should yep. and almost either T-bones me and my children, hits me head on while I'm turning into my driveway or rear ends me because they obviously like don't know how to use their fucking brakes or eyes to see. And it is, it's like a blind corner and it's a very dangerous spot. We actually had this summer, we had somebody airlifted out of our field right before we got to harvest our hay, which I was so upset about, but thankfully somebody on the emergency crew was on top of it. Cause they know farming. Thank shout out to Frank, our news. Love you, buddy. Um, <laughs> the helicopter was flying yeah, in Frank. and we had just, we were, we had somebody out there bailing our hay while this happened. And this helicopter comes flying in dust all over our hay, hay scatters everywhere. I'm like, I swear we lost a couple bales and poor, poor Frank. He was just like, no, you guys get over there. Like pointing to the other end of the field. Like, what the hell are you doing? They're trying to cut their hay here. And I just, Ryan was devastated. Our, our guy that washes all the trucks, um, had just finished washing all the trucks and they were just coated with dirt. And we were like, this is fabulous today. Like we're getting work done here and y'all, y'all crazy people driving like crazy, just kind of came in and 
threw her day upside down. But, you know, we, we wished them safety and stuff anyway, right? But yeah, um, yeah it's super dangerous road that we live on. And with the horses and stuff, um, it was honestly like it was heart wrenching seeing animals like belly up, legs in the air every day, multiple animals sometimes even. And it was always people like they're not not to say that there weren't people from our community hitting the animals, but it was most people who were not within community. Mm-hmm. So it actually became a bit of a racial war where people were saying those fucking Indians don't take care of their animals and la la la. And I'm like, shut the fuck up. You guys don't know what you're talking about. First off, this is open range. Secondly, it is 60 kilometers, 50 kilometers in certain areas, 30 kilometers in certain areas. What the fuck are you doing driving 120? It's <laughs> it's like, it's terrifying uh, traveling down that road sometimes, especially like uh, like working hours, like yeah. to and from work hours. Mm-hmm. Um, terrifying. Do you know what the worst part is? It's hardly ever the young people. It's actually the old people. That's the worst part. I actually stood on my, when I was first uh, starting to really chase horses and get really angry about it, like my face was pretty well known around Vernon because I was lighting people up and I was taking my phone. I was standing at my driveway and somebody even tried to say that I was trying to impersonate a cop and I'm like, Uh, here in my Carhartt onesie and this and that. No, 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 no. I'm here videoing you guys so you can see how fast you're going past my house. And it was just, it was a safety concern. So that's, that was the number one reason why I jumped in to start chasing these horses and and cows off the road. And that's how it started. Just chasing horses and cows off the road. Uh, I did it with a big old pregnant belly. I would put my truck in park, throw my hazards on so people could see that I was there, which is what you're supposed to do. That's safety first guys. Safety 101, throw your (laughs) hazards on, um, stepping out with my big old pregnant belly waiting for cars to go by. And then literally on foot ushering these feral horses or these cows off the road and either into a nearby pasture or somewhere safer. And then I'd like run back to my vehicle. And I did that for a long time, many, many, many years before I actually started really, um, pushing it. Right. Mm -hmm. And, um, I ended up reaching out to quite a few people in the horse community that, we're, we're having issues about this too. And they were like, you know, if you need help, like we'll help you. Yeah. And that's kind of how for the ferals started. And it's not something that I've been super active on. I'm not going to lie, but it's something that I still look at every day where I'm like, this is going to come back. Like we're going to be able to implement this because there are feral horses all over the place that need loving homes. And thankfully one year I was blessed with my beautiful little Indy. She was hit by a car as a baby left on the side of the road, stuck with a bunch of studs that were literally trying to take turns on her and beating her up. But she was a fighter. I could see she was such a fighter. Even with her banged up leg and shoulder, she would still wind right up and kick those studs right in the face. And, you know, my cousin and I, and then our friend Michaela, we all um, kind of just decided one day, like, you know what? We're going to go get that horse. Yeah. And it was the next day where we were like, let's go drop some hay in the catch pen and we'll catch her. But do you know what happened? Mm. It's like she heard me talking to her because she walked her ass all the way to that catch pen and was waiting for us. Nice. Isn't that amazing? Wow. Yeah. yeah. Hey, if you pray about it long enough. The universe will give it to you. I, I'm with you. I think, um, you know, something we, I, you and I have talked about off uh, off podcast a lot is um, how powerful 
uh, your words are. Mm-hmm. Manifestation um, you, and affirmations. Yeah, you you know that's something that even um, our elders. Um, I've been told from a young age, um, you know, elders have told me, you be careful what you put out into the universe. It's one thing to think it It is another thing to put it verbally out Mm -hmm. because once that is out, it can have power to manifest itself into reality. So, you know, make sure you're just cautious, put out good things and Mm -hmm. and things that you want positive to happen. Mm Mm-hmm. Try to leave out the the real bad stuff. Even when you're talking about other people too, like don't mm. ever, like it's a common thing in witchcraft and just general like humanity that people should know is don't ever wish ill or talk ill on somebody else because what you put out there, it will come back to you times three. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, and, it, and most often it's true. I, I've been served karma real quick a few times. <laughs> it's not pleasant. So be mindful. You know, um, I'm I'm going to I'm going to push back on the karma thing. Oh, here we go. We we had this conversation we did. again before. We yes. did. So we get we could do it we can do it again. Um but before we do, Jay, how are we doing for time? Oh yeah. 15 minutes. Oh. oh. Okay. Okay. We'll make it quick. <laughs> All right. We'll make it quick and then we'll 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 actually jump into, uh, you know, in typical Sagittarius fashion, uh we 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 are not very good at um just, you know, Running in one straight line. It's zigzagging (laughs) all over. So uh, bear with us. (laughs) Uh, Okay. So karma. Um, The reason, you know, and I, trust me, I was, I was a big, big karma person. I believed in it. I I truly believe that it was a thing that existed. And then I met a wonderful mutual friend or family, if you will, uh, mm-hmm. Chris Owens. Oh, yes. <laughs> and, you know, he's a big history person. He loves history. Him and I, uh, that's we really bond over that, uh, talking about historical events. And, yeah. uh, you know, I, I brought up karma uh, for some reason, and he's like, karma? He's like, you believe in that? He's like, I'm shocked. As uh, someone who, like, loves history as much as you do, I can't believe you believe in that. And I'm mm-hmm. kind of like, huh? Like, what do you mean? And he explained it to me. He's like, if karma is really, if karma really exists, explain that to the Jewish people, explain that to indigenous people, mm-hmm. explain that to all these other uh, groups of people across the world who have been colonized, who have been killed, who have been, you know, totally taken over. Yeah. Where's the karma? And I was like, Damn, I'm like facts. Facts, gay. I don't believe in karma anymore. <laughs> Mic drop. I do believe that. I do believe in universal law and law of attraction. That I that I can get behind. Yeah. That I I, I agree with that. Yeah. Um, I feel like the only way you could believe in karma is if you believe you deserve bad karma, or if you put that out there again. If you do, like, if you mm. vocalize that and put that out into the universe, okay, then it can be karma, right? But then again, I do, like, hearing what you say, what Chris said, too, and hearing it in his voice, too, I'm just like, dang, Chris. Like, uh, right? Yeah, man. Yeah. Got me thinking, like, the wheels are turning. Shout out to um, Chris Owens. Love you, buddy. Yeah, buddy. <laughs> um, on that note of, of karma and being mistreated, let's get on to that topic you're so hot about right now. Let's talk O'Keefe, man. Oh. What do you think? about that whole debacle going on because quite frankly it makes me dizzy and also makes me very ragey 
Yeah, it uh, it's a sensitive subject for all of us. I think from within our community, mm-hmm. um, it uh, you know for historical context, um, and I say all of this allegedly, um, but this is all just you know through stories that have been passed down. So, mm-hmm. you know, don't take what I'm saying for a matter of fact in this context right now, but, um, this is word on the street. Yeah. Or word on the res word on the res <laughs> word, on the, word res. on the res. So there was a man by the name of Cornelius O'Keefe, um, who came up, uh, you know, he's a European descendant, uh, came over, um, and with his family, they had, uh, Cornelius had met, uh, Rosie, um, an indigenous woman. An indigenous woman from our community. Mm-hmm. And they had a common law marriage. Yeah. Um, because it was kind of a, um, you know, taboo faux pas if you were a white man and legally married an indigenous woman. This mm-hmm. was kind of uh, frowned upon at the time. So he had a common law marriage with her. Promised her a good life. Did. Uh, had two children. Um, uh, one, uh, their son had, uh, unfortunately passed away. Mm-hmm. Uh, but the, the daughter was born and raised, uh, around O'Keefe ranch. Uh, Rosie worked on the ranch as well, from what I understand. Mm-hmm. And that is how Cornelius obtained the massive amount of land mm-hmm. that he has is through that. Literally got it through nothing. Through nothing. Yes. Um, you know, so this is. It's this a common issue a lot of our women had faced. Yeah, uh, and even if you want to go, uh, you know, this was back in the eighteen late eighteen hundreds when this all took place. Mm-hmm. Uh, but even if you want to fast forward, um, you know, when it came to white men uh, marrying indigenous women, mm-hmm. well, indigenous women were no longer allowed to obtain uh, status. Yes, so they're no longer indigenous in the eyes of of the government, which is fucked. Yeah, so makes no sense. So that's kind of, you know, the, the, the story of how O'Keefe Ranch was obtained uh, as many, many uh, colonizers came over and got land through those very means mm-hmm. by common law marriage. And so fast forward to where we're at now, um, the Okanagan Indian Band has uh, put forward a down payment and with the plans to acquire the land, uh, which the is land back. Yes. Land back. I'm glad, I'm glad you said that because the price tag on this land, $28 million. That's also fucked. $28 million. And that is what the land is worth now. So, you know, it's really interesting when we sit here and talk about land back and the government talks a big game on reconciliation is specifically now, Provincially, the provincial government doesn't have any, from what I understand, they don't have any rights to the land per se. It's all federal land. So mm-hmm. even, though the BC, federal. even though the BC government is all about reconciliation, uh, the federal government has still yet to really acknowledge and implement any sort of step in that direction. Mm-hmm. So, you know, so we're sitting here. And the citizens of Vernon, to be exact as well. Yeah. A lot of people, feathers are ruffled over the fact that indigenous people are going to get their land back. Yeah, but we're but we're getting uh, the land back for a very, very hefty price tag. Mm-hmm. $28 million isn't chump change. That's not like a... Compared to the wife swap that O'Keefe made, it's ridiculous. Yes. Yeah. Oh, sorry. And thank you for bringing that up. I had forgot that... Oh, so O'Keefe... 
uh, again, allegedly, um, once he was with Rosie and they had their children. He and obtained the land. And obtained the land. Well, now he was ready to make his life in what his family would have wanted it to be. And that was being with a, a woman of his own culture and community. And race. And race. <laughs> so he went down to California, uh, brought her up. Uh, her name was Marianne. Mm-hmm. And uh, then they actually got legally married and... The rest is kind of history. And then the other woman was booted off her own land. Oh, okay. So she was. Okay. Uh, that's what I understood. And again, allegedly, that's just what I was told is that like her and the daughter kind of got booted off. Yeah. And it was like, what do you mean? Like, this is my home and we built this. And again, it's, it's, it's really sad to me. It's Yeah. But continue on. Sorry. Come, <laughs> come back with the facts, bro. Um, so, you know, we're here now and the Indian band uh, has an opportunity to purchase this land back. And it doesn't sit right with me. I'm sure it doesn't sit right with a lot of our community members um, for this price tag. Mm-hmm. Why, why are we sitting here trying to drum up $28 million to purchase something that we have already put a land claim in to? Mm-hmm. There is legal documents saying that this, we acknowledge this, we are telling the government these are traditional lands. Mm-hmm. So not only did not only did the people, the family who owns it, they have this land and now they get to make a $28 million profit off of something that they didn't even pay for in the beginning. Yeah, I'm not okay with that. <laughs> no, that it, it's it's wrong. And I understand the, the world we live in and that nothing is for free, but... You know, do just, the right thing. Exactly. That's what I'm just going to say. Like for once there, you know, a chance at reconciliation is literally at your fingertips. And all you can say is, where's my money, bitch? Could you, could you imagine like how, you know, that's, that's something I've always thought about. Uh, if I was ever in a position, uh, a, a position of government or leadership in that regard, mm-hmm. if I, if I could do one thing to do to right a wrong, a historical wrong, mm-hmm. and even if it meant that I served one term as whatever position I sit in, but if I could get something done that righted a historical wrong, I would rather go down being loved and being like, you did something that no one else had the balls to do. Mm-hmm. Thank you for that. Yes. I'd much rather be remembered for something, doing something good than being something bad. Something great to promote unity. Yes, exactly. And real reconciliation. Yeah. Yeah. So, you know, and, uh, you know, I there's, when it comes to, um, I wanted to take this chance to, to kind of talk a little bit about uh, the, our legal system mm-hmm. and how land, uh, how, you know, the province of BC specifically. So the province of British Columbia, 98% unceded territory. Mm-hmm. Unseated means that the indigenous people of all locations across the province of British Columbia have never, ever, ever given up their rights Mm-mm. to their lands, to the government. No. That's right. And yes, there are some communities who have gone the self-governance route, which is their choice. Mm-hmm. And, you know, that's that's another story. But unceded territory really means something in this province. Yeah. And so, you know, there's a very tough situation going on right now in the Wet'suwet'en Nation in terms of um, land and a pipeline being built and 
you know, the people who are really trying to defend the land. Mm -hmm. And I just want to touch on this briefly. And just there's the really messed up thing about how our legal system works right now is that in the eyes of the government, the people who have the say of what happens with any land um, within the reservation mm-hmm. is on chief and council. Yeah. They have the say over what happens on reservation land specifically. Yeah. When it comes to traditional territories and speaking specifically to the Wet'suwet'en is that they have their traditional leadership. Mm -hmm. They have their houses, their clans, and they have their... um, Hereditary chiefs. Hereditary chiefs. Yeah. Yes. They have precedent over their traditional lands. Mm -hmm. And that has been proven in several court cases that have gone to the Supreme Court of Canada. The Calder case... And more specically, the uh, Delgamute case. Yeah. Oh, I just got tingles on my spine. You've I been love hot talking on that about topic. that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, you know, if anyone is familiar with our constitution, uh, section 35 says uh, Aboriginal rights uh, are hereby recognized and affirmed. And that's speaking specifically to land rights. And so, the when it comes to these injunctions uh in in that nation in the Wet'suwet'en nation is chief and council have said yes to this pipeline is my understanding and the hereditary chiefs some of them have said no Mm -hmm. and so in when it comes to legal documents and the court our premier the government has no say in what the police does they don't they're not like attack dogs they're not like go get them like mm-hmm. they they're not on like you know they don't have that ability to just tell the police what to do and when to do it yeah the reason that these rcmp are fucking around and getting you know really creating a lot of problems is because the court upholds that it is the judge who says yes this company has a right to build so if they're blocking it, send in the RCMP to go tear it down. Because mm-hmm. I said that they, you know, that they can do that, that they, they yeah. can continue that building. But the really, really, really fucked up thing in my head, and I keep thinking about this, is that Delgamuke case, the yeah. Calder case, specifically involved that nation. Yeah. They are the like that that set the precedent for Hereditary chiefs having control over traditional lands. So why are they not getting the control? So why are they not getting control? Exactly. You know the answer to this. I mean, I don't want to say it, but yeah. (laughs) It's money. Yeah. Everything is about money. Which is stupid because if you think about it, I mean, everybody knows this by now. I'm sure we've all seen fucking Zeitgeist and all those other documentaries. Those were good. Yeah. Well, you know what? Money is literally nothing. It means nothing. It came from nowhere. It was created by a bunch of people that were like, I want to be rich, whatever that means. (laughs) That's literally where it came from. And the fact that it's like, it's so fucking obsessive. I mean, like, not going to lie, like as an, as a modern woman and and person, um, 
you know, I understand like, yeah, we got to make that money. We got to survive. We got to do what we can. Um, but at the same time, like I'm also the type of person that's just like with my best Elsa voice in the world, fuck it all. I just, I would love to go <laughs> run away and live in the mountains and say goodbye society. Goodbye, everybody. Goodbye. Mm. Your, your stupid standards. Goodbye. Preach. All your shit. Preach. And this is the way it should be. We are brought here on earth to live. Are any of us fucking living? No. Mm, I'm glad you, I'm, you know what? I'm glad you said that. Uh, this Thank might be a, this might the, another so, topic for another time. Well, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, there's, um, there's a lot to, um, touch digest on. and touch on. Yeah. Um, but I think the one thing that I, I, I would like to say, and I do have friends from the Wet'suwet'en nation yeah. who are, uh, you know, that I've met through uh, going to school and there is a lot of confliction. Yeah. Um, and the reason I say that is thinking about colonization. Mm -hmm. Okay. So we, we all get colonized, put on reservations. A lot of the land that we were left with was not the best land. Some of it was, you know, not really meant for farming or mm -hmm. meant to really be productive or to have like, um, you know, be able to like sustain ourselves, mm -hmm. right? Um, uh, and so when you look at that and you look at colonization and the removal of our culture, our language, residential schools, you the, the list goes on and on and on of what was taken away from Indigenous people, right? So yeah. then... We see it. We see it in all in, in our community, in, in a lot of other of our friends and brothers and sisters communities, how uh, impoverished and, and terrible the living conditions are. Yeah. So when you have someone in a leadership position, whether it be chief and council or hereditary chief or whoever, if there is a man coming to you and saying, hey, listen, I need to build this pipeline. It's got to go through your land. But here's the deal. I'm going to put a boatload of money into your community. I'm going to get your people working. I'm going to put money into your pockets. I'm going to get money into your community. But I'm going to strip away your values. But I'm going to strip away your values. Now, as a leader, imagine having that decision to make, that weighing on you. You have an, an opportunity, so to then speak. Then you got all the blue-collar assholes down your throat. And I got I to say, I'm admittedly from a blue-collar family, so this is no... This is no like silly whatever. Like I am from a blue collar family and I will admit my family makes money off of the things that to me, I'm like, it's, it's cringy. And I, I do, I really struggle with it. Like my mental health takes a beating from it, but to be a leader, to have to make those decisions and put in that fucking shitty spot to have blue collar assholes chirping at you, then to have the traditional people in our community chirping at you, and then to have the environmentalists chirping at you, it's all a heavy ass plate. It, it is. So therefore I, when it comes to those decisions, you know what? It's really easy for everyone to sit back and say, Oh, I would have done this or why mm -hmm. would you do that? Listen, I'm not saying I'm not saying I agree with the building of the pipeline. Yeah. But I understand from a leadership point of view, if you have an opportunity to help rise your people up. Yeah. How do you say no to that? I get that. You know? Yeah. So it is 
I just, I'm grateful that I wouldn't have to make a decision like yeah. that, but I understand it. Well, like our chief right now, he's facing some like pretty big stuff too, because people, this is the thing is, you know how they say, don't read the comments section. I am that person that I can't fucking help myself. I have to see uh, what people are saying. Oh no. And sometimes I get involved <laughs> in these serious conversations and I'm a little bit of a fiery sprite, I will admit, but in the recent comments that were being made of, uh, because of our our band's decision to attempt to move forward with this, oh yes, we I was looking at some of the comments, and it, this was actually because of what something one of our counselors posted. Sheldon, um, one of our counselors had posted that he his heart was like broken seeing all the racist comments. Yeah, and I had to I had to go and look, and I went and looked, and right away and. And I'm going to say his first name. Don, you're a fucking asshole. This guy named Don. <laughs> he's a real Don asshole. Um, he was making all these comments like, have you ever driven through a res? Haven't you seen the rundown shit that these, these, these are not stewards of the land. They don't take care. They don't do this. They don't do that. They ain't shit. Like blah, blah, blah. Saying stuff like that. And I'm just like, you know, and, and I said this before we started the podcast here, but I was like, you know, those like moments where you just want to jump through a screen and beat the shit out of somebody. <laughs> I had one of those moments with this person where I was like, dude, I'm about to go like virally insane on your ass. And I was very professional about it. I think, um, I did respond to him back. Like, you know, after I took a few breaths, respond to him in a way that I said, once you factor in drug addiction, alcohol addiction, um, so many different traumas inflicted upon our people because of the Canadian government. Do you not think for a second and look around your own communities and see this, the same people who were mistreated by your own people living in the same conditions, having the same mental health effects because they came from a really, really hard place? Yeah. So how are you to fucking judge our people? Because you already know the truth. You already know your government is shit. You already know their dark history. Why are you pretending that indigenous people aren't shit and that they don't have a chance at uprising at an uprising? Of course we fucking do. We're the most resilient people on earth, just so you know. <laughs> um, also, the fact that he said that that's a lie, basically. And I was like, are you kidding me, dude? you i want to take you to school <laughs> it was so bad it it is and not that i don't applaud like your effort and know that like it is Im it is important to counteract these super negative yeah. um comments but i've also learned through a lot of online like trial and error is mm -hmm. like people like that don't actually care. They don't want to know anything. They, they enjoy have their the drama. They have their beliefs and they're just stirring the pot. Mm -hmm. They just want they just want to be say, "Hey, I'm relevant. Look at me." Well, you see and, all the racists come out too and like liking those comments and you see all that and then you look at their page, they've got like a fucking rebel flag and they got all that and you're like, "Wow, get the hell out of here, you freaking scary person." Oh yeah. And <laughs> like, the other thing I've noticed too about folks like that who uh really show their true colors on on pages and and news articles like that, if you actually ever go into their profile, yeah. When they post it's like things, a ghost it's like a ghost account. It 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 is in the sense of like one person might like a post. Yeah. Two people might like a post they post, right? They don't, they don't have, mm -hmm. I think these are really empty 
um, people who just don't have love. They don't have mm-hmm. anything good in their life. So the, all they have is negative bullshit. I love how we're switching roles here. I'm supposed to be the love and light person. You're the political person. What just happened? <laughs> what just hey, happened? You know, it's, it's, it's just happened sometimes, <laughs> <laughs> but I, I like, I, I tried, I tried a different approach. Yeah. Um, this was when, Oh, what was going on? There's something really big going on. Oh my goodness. What was it? What was it? What was it? It was just when I moved back from China Something. Oh, it was the yeah. It was the pipeline. It was the yeah, the pipeline being built and Dapple. No, not it Dapple. Wasn't that one. No, that was that. I mean, that was fucked up too. Oh yeah. uh, man, I like. Yeah, I like. I was ready. The the uh, my ex that I was with. Yeah. Um, she's uh, from Alaska, and like her and I were like getting ready to just drive down and be. A part of it. A part of that protest and, and standing with our brothers and sisters down south. Yeah. Uh, obviously, we, we, we didn't, but, um, you know, sent money, um, supported how we could on social media. But uh, yeah. anyway, um, the approach, I, I can't remember specifically what it was, but I, I believe it's a pipeline in the Wet'suwet'en uh, nation. And the people were just going ballistic over it and like you know, racist comments and all that. And so what I run them over. Yeah. All that. Mm-hmm. Right. So I, I took the approach of saying, Hey, listen, I'd love to have sit. I'd love to have sit down with you and have coffee. Mm-hmm. Let's meet. Yeah. If you're, uh, you're in Kelowna. Cool. I can drive to Kelowna. You're yeah. in Penticton. I'll make that drive. Yeah. I'll sit down and talk to you. Let's talk about this. Mm-hmm. Let's see. Let's see that tough talk. Let's see that racist bullshit come out of your mouth and we're sitting face to face. Yeah, that's right. You're an internet tough guy. You're a keyboard warrior. Yeah. Congratulations. Yeah. Not one single person accepted my request for coffee. That usually happens. Because they know they ain't got shit. No. They don't want to hear it. They don't want to hear the truth. They don't want to understand. They just have their beliefs and that is it. And you're never going to convince them otherwise. Yeah. So to me, while it's like incredibly painful to see those comments, yeah. I'm the opposite of you now. I don't read the comments because it hurts too much. Yeah. And I get too fired up about it. And yeah. I just, I like how many times have you typed up a, a lengthy comment, read it, and then you're like, fuck it. Yeah, <laughs> a lot actually. <laughs> fuck it. You just fucking delete but, it because you're but, like, you know what? I just can't. At I, the same time though, when you do post things like that, you get support too. And then you get the people who are like-minded and then they're jumping in and then they're having your back. So there's that other part too. It's just like, I don't like that kind of drama, but sometimes when you are just like being able to bring some people together to get that same word out yeah. and share that same viewpoint, that to me is like a day well done as well. Like that dude that I was talking to, like I was very professional, very, very polite at first. Um, Not that I wasn't in the end, but at the same time, it was just like, it was the same kind of thing. Like obviously you're set in your ways and you have no idea what you're talking about. And then all these 20,000 other people commenting are saying the same thing. Dude, go talk to somebody who actually knows what they're talking about. Maybe they can help you out with this situation because clearly you're confused. You don't know what you're talking about. Yeah. But my big thing with this is too, is like, this is a message for the collective, for everybody. Before you go and tear down indigenous communities, give them a fucking chance 
to get back up from the fucking beating they've been taking mm. year after year after year after year after hundreds mm-hmm. and hundreds of years. Give us a chance to get up. We haven't gotten up yet. We're still working on that. We are almost there. And this is my true and honest thought. People fear indigenous people because they know how resilient we are. Our people each and every day, the numbers are going up for how many people are getting sober. The numbers are going up for how many kids are graduating. The numbers are going up for how many doctors we have, how many nurses we have, how many business people we have, how many engineers. Y'all are scared of us. Admit it. (laughs) Hey, the most uh, the most dangerous thing in the world is a educated indigenous person. Facts. So yes, you know, with with that, it's this is a long game. Mm-hmm. This is a long game. This isn't like we're not gonna fix. We're just warming up. Yeah, essentially. And mm-hmm. I I love what I'm seeing. I love I love seeing like um you know, uh my neighbors, my dad's neighbors. Yeah. Uh, I you know. Uh, their uh that their family's kids yeah. are incredible. They were out the other day building building snowmen and, and playing in the snow. And I said, "Hey, you know, what are you doing over there? You building a you building a snowman? Key." Oh. <laughs> and you know, uh for our listeners, uh key or kiwa is uh, yes. yes in uh in instruction. So, um I just I love seeing that our youth are like using our language anything that they can Mm -hmm. like it's not just like in class or in certain surroundings yeah like i I applaud uh the uh, teachers the the parents the the children yep oh gosh it's honestly i am so proud of all of the parents the parents who take the time to write out the sticky notes stick them all over the house practice the language in the home. Uh, you know, I, I'm working on doing the same thing. I know so many other people who are doing the same thing. Our community, honestly, I know we've faced a lot of hardship, but I feel like it brought everybody together more than anything. And honestly, I haven't seen our community so peaceful ever. It's nice. It's, yeah. It, it, you know, we, we've talked about this before, you know, with, uh, just specifically with like when people pass away yeah, and how we all come together for those times yeah. but with those fires that pass through mm-hmm. um i think it really put a lot of things into perspective for our community it did. and that we need to be together we mm-hmm. are so strong when we are united we are unstoppable yeah like there's nothing that we can't do or achieve and you know i really you know i uh, i want to applaud um you know, uh, Shane and Danielle. Um, I, I really, you know, Shane is somebody who truly just wants to see people succeed. Shout out Bannock slap. Hey, if you haven't been Bannock slapped, you better go get it. (laughs) That's for you, Shane. (laughs) But you know, he, he really wants people to be successful in our community and him and I've talked a lot about that. And then Danielle with all her hard work in the language nest and promoting language and ensuring that language is learning about the medicines and and the medicines like, you know, I really like, it really makes me feel good when I see the medicine workshops and Mm -hmm. different language programs. And, you know, there's, uh, and not to leave out anyone else who's been a part of those things. I'm just um, saying that like, there's been a lot of great work 
from a lot of different people in our community and and it's just been so beautiful to see i think we really need to shout out chief and council too because honestly i feel like this is my favorite chief and council they oh. they're making moves i'm with you yeah they're doing awesome like shout out to every single one of them they're they're fabulous they're they're making moves a lot of the stuff too like well because i don't always have time to attend the band meetings me either or my my wi-fi is really crappy at my house so <laughs> sometimes i really try to and then that's when my phone's like it's not working yeah so i'm just like whatever i'm gonna hear about it soon i'll get i'll get caught up on everything and i really love how when we do have amazing things happening it's just like you know biodegradable confetti falling from the sky hey guys guess what we're doing we're taking our land back. <laughs> like, yeah. Hey guys, guess what we're doing? We built a new arbor so our community can go celebrate together. And this is the other thing too, I would love for people to keep in mind is when you think of all of the fixing that needs to be done on a reservation, when you're that type of person who drives through our res and you start judging every little single thing, think of the history behind all that. There's that thing. Also, when we're given what some people would say, that's a lot of money. Um, okay, so there's kids in education. There is undrinkable water that people who have been there their whole lives have never been able to drink their water. Mm -hmm. um, there are so many things that you cannot actually see with your eyes going on that with this little lump sum of money, which is just like maybe a sliver out of the pocket of the government, we only have so much time to correct things, so much funds to correct things, so much funds to scatter here and there. So when you think about judging Indigenous communities and the handouts they're getting, I really want you to think and understand where's that money going? Because I'll tell you this, there is nobody who cares more than the people who are in chief and council because they are always in the hot seat. They have lots of big decisions to make. They have a lot of history that they have to catch up on in the short time that they're in their term as well. So I I agree. I, I completely, um, I really like the direction that we're heading in. Yeah. Um, I think that we have strong leadership right now. Yeah. And it's something that is, we've needed it for a while. Mm -hmm. And so I, I'm really um, grateful for those who stepped up, put their names forward and are carrying, um, that, you know, role, um, yeah. cause it's not easy. And the thing I want to say is, you know, for, for folks who, uh, don't understand the chief and council system is we have two year terms in our chief and council. And I want to explain something Two year terms is the design of the government, okay? And there's a reason why two-year terms were designed for chief and council, is to keep us in constant turmoil. Mm -hmm. It is to ensure that when elections happen, you know, I've had this explained to me, and I'm sure you, obviously, you have family uh, in council as well. So, you know, I've had it explained to me that basically, when you get on council, you, and you're, if you're new, if you're green, your first year is learning. You're just trying to like catch figure it up. out, catch up. Yeah. Where are we at? Hey, you get this file. You have this file. You're responsible for this. You're yeah. responsible for this. And you're just like hitting the ground and you're sprinting. Yeah. Because the thing about chief and council, aside from other government jobs or government made jobs, the fucked up thing about our chief and council system, it is not a job to live off of. No. Our counselors and our chief do not 
despite that they, yes, they get an honorarium or, or whatever you want to call like it. It's like pennies compared to what your politicians in town are making. Friggin', yeah. Okay, sorry. So it's, <laughs> so when you look at it in terms of chief and council and people are like, oh, well, why can't, you know, they should be doing more or they should be doing this or they should be doing that. Well, hold up a second. You do understand that our counselors have to work full-time jobs. Yes. Just to survive. Survive. Yeah. Right. So you think about working eight hours a day, five days a week. You got to, you got to work, you know, you got to do your council meeting every week, mm-hmm. which is like all day. <laughs> which you do have to study for. And you do have to study for it. Yeah. So when you take people who are put into leadership positions and they don't have the time and the space to lead, mm-hmm. holy fuck, am I ever proud of what they're able to do yeah. with the little time that they get to make these changes and do what needs to be done. Yeah. And so the thing that like bothers me a little bit, uh, and I hope that we revisit this. I don't know if you remember a few years ago, we brought it to a referendum to change the terms of our chief and council from two years to four. And we didn't get enough votes. We didn't get enough votes. Yeah. And people were like, what? Four years? Never heard of this. When did this cut? When did this happen? Four (laughs) years is standard. That yeah. is a standard practice across the board. Yeah. Four years means that you actually have time to get things done. Yeah. You actually have time to put in the effort and to to see your projects or things that you want to see done actually get done. You yes. can see it through. In the two-year terms, you get elected. You have one year to learn, one year to put your ideas forward, and then you better get fucking reelected. Yeah. Or the or the rest of the chief and council or the community has to really, really want whatever it is that you're trying to put forward to make sure that it goes forward. Because if you don't get reelected and it's not a hot topic or people aren't unsure, they don't know enough about it. Yeah. It's going to die. This is the other thing, too, is chief and council in the media and in movies for those who think they can learn everything about indigenous people through Hollywood. What? You mean uh, you can't? (laughs) Dude. I'm going to kick you. Just kidding. (laughs) I know you're joking. Um, But seriously, for those people who think that they can learn everything from the Hollywood Indian, are you joking me? Are you really that dense? Are you that dense? Because chief and council portrayed in Hollywood movies or shows on TV is nothing like the real life story, guys. Not at all. Not at all. So keep in mind... And this I love, too, because there's so many, like, you know, it's indigenous humor. It's our dry, sarcastic, kind of dark, sadistic humor. Oh, yeah. um, we we crack jokes about chief and council because, you know, I mean, you guys crack joke about, jokes about your own government, too. Like, we're allowed to have our own humor. Okay, guys? So lighten up. Um, the other <laughs> thing is, you know, I truly believe that people who are on chief and council, they're really trying to do good. So when there are those like those kind of harmful memes being floated around like, mm-hmm. oh, uh, chief chief rolls up in his new Rolls Royce, blah, blah, blah. That doesn't happen. I mean, maybe it does in some reses, but that's not a realistic thing to pinpoint to every single reservation. Like the chief isn't rolling in dough, y'all. It's not like that. Um, also, the counselors, same thing as Cody was saying, they have to have another job to make ends meet. Yep. It's not just like, it's not like they can just comfortably live off of doing this very strenuous job. Could you imagine? Could you imagine how much better things could be if they were given the flexibility had that could put their time and efforts into the community yeah. and not into their job. Yeah. Right. Yeah. So 
I'm going to push back on something you said, though. Oh, dear. Um, I, uh, and this isn't, uh, you know, I'm not singling anyone out in particular. Yeah. But I'm saying historically, I would say you are incorrect when it comes to every person who runs for chief and council wants to help. Well, I, yeah, you know, I, I got you. Yeah, I, yeah, dis- yeah. I disagree. <laughs> I think there's a lot of people who want power, who like power. Clout. Who want to be able to have that, like, ah, uh, like... I have some clout. I'm I have, the first person in my family to make counsel and I'm going to flex on it. Yeah. You know, <laughs> yeah. The, there's definitely people who just want, who enjoy power mm-hmm. and that's in any political field or world. There's always one bad egg. Yeah. Yeah. And so, you know, it, it's, I do agree that I would say the general consensus is like, I want to be here to help. I want to do something to better our community. But um, there's definitely people who really have their own agenda and really just want to do what's best for them. With the nepotism and Mm -hmm. helping their family get a leg up in certain things while other families sink or swim kind of thing. Yeah. Yeah. I get what you mean. I got you. I got you. (laughs) I'm picking up what you're putting down. I got it. You know, Cody, we were talking earlier about um, getting into the topic of mental health and I feel like we've covered quite a few topics and honestly, this, this was a really awesome episode and I got even a little riled up there. You're a little fiery over there. I was like, Whoa, look out. (laughs) It happens. It happens. It happens. I can't help it. And and I, I really try to rein that, that, you know, chicken side me in but, uh, i mean you can take the girl off the res you can't take the res out of the girl oh <laughs> that is that is that is truth right there uh. <laughs> i mean it's yeah 100 percent um but going back into mental health um i feel like the past couple years for a lot of people have been really really rough um i know i've lost quite a few friends um and family members uh you have lost family members Mm. and did you did you lose friends too or i i uh thinking i'm I'm trying to think here um no i it just it's just been family yeah the last couple years yeah which is really heavy um it's it's been (sighs) something that's been kind of like a blessing in disguise, I guess you could say, like in my in my life, uh, having to overcome certain obstacles. Like, I mean, I had a baby at the very beginning of the announcement of the pandemic. That was crazy on my mental health. That's right. Yes. Oh I went wow! In, I forgot about that. I went oh, into wow. labor with Starly the day they announced lockdown. I literally put myself into labor. <laughs> Because I was bleaching my house because the, they were all like, you know, fear mongering. Like, oh my God, everybody's poisonous and toxic. Bleach your, ho- bleach your house. Bleach Drink. your eyes. Yes. <laughs> yes. It, and then, of course, that fucking movie, The Bird Box, came out. And oh, everybody's yeah. mind was just blown with that. And it was, in, in so many ways, I felt like it was a symbolic movie. Like people literally going nuts because of what they're seeing around the world. What has been happening? There's been toilet paper shortages. People are buying eggs by the, like, thousands and i just uh, to me like that bird box movie was very symbolic to what was going on in the world i never seen that movie what dude i refused i feel like almost every single movie that i have mentioned to you you're like i haven't seen it and i'm like 
I'm sorry. I'm just one of those people who like, <laughs> because it's popular and everyone says to watch it, I'm not going to watch it. You have to be the anti-hero. I have it. to be. Yeah. <laughs> and then I watch it and I'm like, damn, why didn't I watch this when everyone told me to watch it? Always happens. Because you have to be different. Yes. Sagittarius. Yeah. But again, like mental health, um, <clears throat> over the last, like, because I'm a, I'm a psychic and a medium, um, I definitely can admit that I overworked myself with that. And, and it's funny because the, somebody, one of my trusted advisors, a very dear friend of mine, Allie, um, shout out to Allie Hanscomb, um, one of my precious mentors and I love her beyond all means. She even told me, cause I told her I was going to do this. She was really happy for me. She's like, this is what you're meant to do. Hey. And she really pursued it. She really pushed me to pursue it. She's like, you're meant to do this. Stop denying yourself. Stop asking me for clarity. You've got it girl. Like stop. And I was like, okay. And <laughs> I finally, I, I did. And I, and with all the confidence in the world and all of my readings, like, I'm not going to like sit here and toot my own horn, maybe a little bit. Ah, like, toot it. Toot I've, been, it. I've been freaking like toot toot right on it. And it's been, it's, it feels so good. It's like everything that I've known my whole life I had come to, but mm. because I was so proud of myself, I really, really, really pushed myself and I didn't give myself enough days off in between certain readings or I would, I'd be booking too many things back to back. Right. My mental health, because I was taking on everybody's energy and problems and just carrying that trauma too, because like being an empathic person, feeling everything that my clients were going through, I would honestly, I'd get off, I'd get off my call sometimes and I'd bawl my eyes out because of what I've heard. Are you, and just for clarity, you're talking about recently, right? Like with the, with the, with the readings and the, and yeah. the feelings. Okay. Just, yeah. just for like, cause we were, we were talking about COVID and then uh, starry. So I just want yeah, to, yeah. Like, no, no, no. Back to like, back to mental health. Like this is where my mental health was taking a decline because I wasn't giving myself that time to recharge my energy, yeah. which is super huge in my field. Um, and it kind of, I kind of hit this wall where I ended up messaging a bunch of clients like, Hey guys, I'm really sorry to do this to you. I need to take a break. Um, it's not that I'm not going to do your reading. I am going to do it. I just, I need to be in the right energy. I need to collect myself. I want to give you the best experience ever. I want to be able to clearly channel for you. And I'm not saying I can't in this moment, but I want to be in the moment Yeah. and, and not have any other kind of energies. And in our culture, we go to the water. You and I did ceremony together. Yeah. And it was beautiful. That was so, so good. <laughs> yeah. That really, really helped me. I'm glad. Like immensely. Like I cannot explain how much darkness that lifted from off of me. I'm uh, glad. Thank you. So thank you for that. No, you know. <laughs> no. And I, honestly, I was really happy that I was really honored actually that you asked me to help you with that because I was like, you want me to do it? Like, I mean, I mean, I have my own way of doing things, but I'll show you my way. And if you like it or not, take it. If you don't like whatever you liked out of there, use it for yourself if it worked for you. Right. So yeah. I, I'm really glad that that really helped. Um, it it comes, it, it comes down to trust. It does. Um, I don't think like there, trust me, we have some great people who practice traditional medicine, Mm -hmm. um, and healing practices in, in our community. Um, but for me, I need, I need to feel trusted. I need to feel trust with someone Mm -hmm. before I would go down a spiritual path. Like very vulnerable too. Absolutely. Yeah. So because of our friendship and because of, um, how well you and I work together, 
uh, for me, it was just, it was really easy. I didn't yeah. like think, uh, you know, uh, I was just, I felt comfortable. Yeah. So that's why I asked you. You felt comfortable until I made you jump into the ice cold water. Yeah, that was cold. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but do you not like after you Wim Hof it, like, don't you feel, shout out to Wim Hof. Um, don't you feel like exhilarated once you come out of the water? Yeah. And then you have that like meditation and moment to yourself to kind of really like be able to slow your mind down and process things. That that's why uh remember when um when I went in the water, like yeah. went underneath and then I stood up, I went back down yeah. to like my neck. Yeah. And I stood there for another minute. I was proud of you for that. Well, I mean I just I needed to I what you just said. Yeah. I needed to know that I could slow my mind down. Mm-hmm. That I could be present in that moment and know that like this is the most powerful thing we have. Yes. And if you, and I think because I was so scared of where I was mentally, I just needed to know that I was sharp, mm-hmm. that I still had control, yeah. you know, over my feelings and my abilities. And so I was like, yep. Calling your power back to you. Yeah. Thank you. That's the right, that's the right yeah. way to say it. Yeah. Yeah. I'm glad. I'm glad. And then even like asking to see the sign afterwards too, where I was like, well, this is what I do. I always ask to see a specific bird. I always ask to see this. Um, if you want to do that, you go for it. And yeah. then when you came back from your little walk, you were like, Hey, guess what? I saw my sign. Yeah. <laughs> oh man. Yeah. That I was scared. I'm not going to lie. I was like, worried. you had your doubts. Not, no doubt. Isn't the right word. Yeah. I wasn't doubting what, we were doing. Yeah. I just was scared that I wasn't going to see oh, okay. what I was asking to see. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like I believed in everything that we did, yeah. but I was just like, please appear, <laughs> please appear. Like I was willing, you know, like out loud, like, please, please, please just let me see this. So I know and that's what you're supposed to do. Yeah. Yes. Yes. And that's what people like, honestly, when it comes to magic, when it comes to manifesting, people don't realize it's as simple as that. Yeah. 100%. Just put it into words say it with meaning say it with all the power you have yeah and i'm going to touch on this real quick here because this is something that you know like my own methods that's my closed practice those who ask for me to share with them i am happy to share in private moments with you i don't you know i'm on instagram but i don't share my rituals i don't share my ceremony in our culture you don't do that yeah um, it's, it's just, it protects the sacredness because you don't want like those Etsy girls and all the, you know, um, as my one friend says, whitewashed spirituality people to be like, Oh, Hey, that looks like fun. I want to try it. And they <laughs> totally fuck up the whole thing. Yeah. I, I'm not about that. Right. I'm not about putting my sacred practices online and then letting people, um, appropriate it. Yeah. Um, so when you had asked me to do that with you, I was super, super honored. Thank you so much. Um, I had my elder, my auntie, somebody who is my precious advisor as well. Like I have many advisors in my life and she is somebody who I hold very close to my heart. Um, Somebody who takes me under her wing and teaches me culture, teaches me protocol. I'm still like in, in in the deck of tarot, I would be labeled as a page because I'm learning from the magician right now. Okay. Yeah. So, um, I'm learning the ways I'm learning culture. I have my own ways where I would be considered a magician, but I am taking these baby steps in our culture. And I'm really excited to say that I got to, for the first time in 12 years, uh, attend a UEP ceremony. Hey. Oh man. It was a magical experience. Tell us about it. Honestly, I, 
I was so sad because at first I thought I wasn't going to be able to go. Um, it was just like a, a, a bunch of a series of unfortunate events that happened leading up to like literally the very moments that I was supposed to be at the ceremony. Yeah. Um, I had the whole day planned out. My husband's day did not go to plan and then it kind of messed up my plans. Okay. And he knew how sad I was when he was like, I don't think I'm going to be home and I'm not going to make it. And then our roommate, she was out and about and I was sitting there kind of like mourning the loss of not being able to attend the ceremony that I desperately needed because my mental health was struggling so bad. Like yeah. I am somebody since I was a child, because I felt unworthy, I have struggled with suicidal thoughts. And this is something that I do not take lightly. Um, I've lost friends to suicide. I've lost friends to drug overdoses. I've lost so many people that, you know, when those thoughts creep into my mind, I shut down completely. And that was what happened when I had to, it, it was like it came out of nowhere. Yeah. And that's what happens to people when they go through depression. It just hits them like a ton of bricks. And all of a sudden you've got sandbags in your feet, on your feet and all the weight of the world on your shoulder. And you're, and you know, life is good. You know, there's great things in life, but you, you have a hard time seeing past it. Oh yeah. Right. Oh yeah. And when I had opened up to my auntie about this, I had opened up to my auntie. I opened up to my mom. I told the two most trusted people in my life, um, what was going through my mind in that moment. Yeah. And my mom zoomed over to be with me nice. right away and yeah. surprised me. Didn't even tell me she was coming, just surprised me. And I almost dropped to my knees crying. But of course I was like, mom, um, my auntie suggested going to this ceremony and I was like, how perfect is it? And I believe in divine timing that this ceremony just happens to be here right when I need it. Uh, yep. And it's something that I've always wanted to incorporate back into my life. Cause I did, I've had, uh, two previous experiences in the ceremony, but I did find out it was with a bad medicine man. I mean, and we don't really talk about like bad medicine or anything, but like this was actually really known around our area that this person was a no, no. I, I know and it wasn't about. until they had come <laughs> and gone yeah. and was banished from our res. And, um, anyways, I was super excited to hear that this really amazing medicine man had come and into our territory offering ceremony to our people and especially right now after everything we've been through it was so needed and that's not just my own issues that's everybody's stuff collectively and yeah. I was impressed by the turnout there like I got there thinking it was just going to be a couple people but it was a like it was like a full house nice it was amazing it was beautiful and I stepped up and did something so amazing that I honestly I didn't even envision myself doing that when I got there I had no idea about it yeah. um they offer, they, there's the specific offering and, and that we can do for, for spirit and ancestors, yeah. um, where we do like a flesh offering because the most personal thing to us is something that is a part of us. Right. And I had given, I had given an offering of tobacco, but right. what I was told of this flesh offering, I just assumed everybody had done it. Like not, <laughs> apparently not everybody does it, but I was just like, yeah, I'll do it. And I stepped up, I went and did it. I've got four nicks in my arm in the shape of a diamond. And yeah, it was a little painful, but when I was sitting there, it was painful, but I felt calm right. and I could feel the tears welling up in my eyes as I was going through this ceremony. I could feel the blood dripping down my arm, but I stood in my power and I said, you know what? My prayers are fucking powerful. Yeah. And I'm coming out of this stronger than ever. This is exactly what I need. I'm around the people I need to be. I am in my element right now. I am exactly where I need to be. Wow. 
And this morning, even though I only ha- I'm running on like three hours of sleep, I yeah, no joke, running on three hours of sleep. Didn't get home till like past three o'clock when I messaged you. Sorry, um, uh, it didn't bother me at all. <laughs> I felt bad. I was like, oh god, I didn't mean to message you at three a.m. I I was just so I was vibrating. Yeah. I was vibrating. I was so excited. I was like, look what I did. I'm so proud of myself. Like I went in there thinking like everybody did it and then only to stand outside with my cousin later on. She's like, fuck no, I haven't done that. I'm too scared to do that. And I was just like, well, shit, man. <laughs> I was like, well, I mean, all right, cool. I did that. I'm really proud of myself. I've being a part of such a ceremony where there's other parts, but you know, we don't, we don't, share everything about ceremony no. right but that was something so influential to me and the way that the medicine man had it had explained it was like we do this offering because this is the most personal item we could give right and you know like in my own practice like i use i use like i'll cut my hair i'll i'll use my hair in my in my practice okay and um i always thought that was like very very powerful but this was a whole other sense like i felt i felt like a different kind of being yeah. I felt like an ancient being. Whoa. Yeah. You know, I, I, I'm proud of you. Thank you. And I think that it is this right here, you sharing your journey, you know, just in, in, of, of your mental health and knowing and recognizing that you were in a space that, uh, you know, you were like, Hey, I need to do something about this. I know I'm not in a good space. Yeah. And, I think that like you uh, sharing these stories and, and taking care of yourself mm-hmm. is like, I hope that people see that and know that like, it's, it's okay yeah, to not be okay. It's yeah. okay to feel weak, to feel tired, to feel mentally exhausted. We are human. We're human. We feel. <laughs> but the important piece of that is recognition Mm -hmm. of these feelings these thoughts not suppressing yes yeah talking about it reaching out you know there's if i can't express this enough to to anybody who's listening if you are ever feeling sad depressed super anxious about things reach out to your friends Mm -hmm. and if you know I think you and I've talked about this. I've even talked about this with Jay. Yeah. You know, there's this feeling, there's this thought in the back of our heads that we're like, oh, I don't want to bother that person. Mm-hmm. I don't want to bug my friend. But if I don't want to be that person. I don't want to be that person. Yeah. But if you had any clue <laughs> of how your friend would feel by not talking to them, by not confiding in them about what's going on, they'd be even yeah. more upset with you. Listen. This, when it comes to mental health, there is no, there's no weakness in getting help. There's no weakness. There's, there's nothing that says you're not a strong person if by getting help. You are a very strong person by asking for help, mm-hmm. by reaching out and, and, and recognizing that you need help. Yeah. And, you know, I, um, when it comes to mental health, uh, I've been thrown f- through the ringer mm-hmm. in the last year and not even, it didn't catch up to me until August, maybe July, August. But it, my when my mom passed away, 
I had to start school two weeks afterwards. Yeah. I didn't even have a chance to like think or do anything. It was just go, 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 go. Yeah. Taking care of her estate, helping my, helping my family, taking care of my dad, you know, and I just had like, I, all of a sudden I just, I'm a doer. I just get shit done. If things need to be done, I just do it. That's a trauma response too, you know. Really? Being busy. Oh, Keeping that, yourself so busy that you don't have time to even reflect on what's going on in your life. Makes a lot of sense because mm-hmm. that shit caught up to me. It's a trauma response. <sighs> makes sense because mm-hmm. powering through school, powering through everything, just like push, 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 push. Yeah. Uh, I started realizing like I get excited by the smallest things like Honestly, a new flavor of coffee, uh, <laughs> a new cereal I bought, yeah, like something, anything. It doesn't matter. I get excited about the day. I really do. But I, I started realizing in the summer, I didn't want to get out of bed. Mm-hmm. I didn't want to get up. I didn't really care about my appearance. Mm-hmm. I wasn't shaving. I wasn't cutting my hair. I just like, I mean, I was showering, <laughs> yeah. but like, I, I just, I, I really didn't care about myself. I was the things that you usually take simple pride in yeah it didn't even matter no yeah and then i also started realizing that like my relationship was starting to be affected by my actions in terms of just my negativity mm-hmm. um snapping you know like mm-hmm. just like being irritated easily which and is so not like you no no yeah. i'm like i you know don't get me wrong i was a hothead when i was a kid but like I've calmed down a lot over the years because I realize that you, that's not going to get you anywhere. Yeah. But, you know, I really I really just want to say that, like, when I, I started seeing all of this, I'm very aware of myself. Yeah. Um, and that's something I, I'm proud of for myself is that, like, I'm able to recognize when something isn't right. Yeah. And so by going through all of that, I I realized I was like, okay, I'm not doing okay. I'm actually really struggling because I didn't grieve for my mom. Mm -hmm. I just took care of everybody else. Yeah. Didn't take care of myself. Yeah. And so I was like in that space and this is one year after, right? So we're now like this year and school's about to start, but that date, that time, that that kind of like repeat of, it's this like time a, last year. Yeah. And so school started and I just could not find my footing. I, mm-hmm. I am. Something that's usually so easy and smooth for you. Oh, yeah. It was like running and running the worst marathon. It, yeah, that, yeah. That's a good way to describe it. it. It was just really hard to get like COVID, that COVID year just between losing my mom and online classes and just, it took it out of everybody. Like Mm -hmm. it really drained a lot of us. And, um, so I think that when I came into the next, this semester, I couldn't find my footing. I knew I was struggling. I was like, okay, counseling. I think I need to do that. I think Mm -hmm. I need not think, I know I need to do that. I need to talk to somebody. I need to like figure this out. And I am the most positive, happy-go-lucky person out there. Mm-hmm. And I started to see myself as, like, not that. Like, I really, really lost... Who you were. Who I was. I was struggling. Very sensitive, very irritated. Mm-hmm. And 
you know, I was like, okay, I'm going to try and get myself sorted out, get myself in a good space. I'm going to take these actions to like better myself. And Brandon passed away. Mm -hmm. And, you know, I haven't, I didn't, I haven't grieved for my mom. And then that happened. And it's just like, holy fuck, man. Like there's just like, you the most unexpected, the most unexpected thing. And I've, after that, I've been a mess and I, I'm not going to sugarcoat that. It's mm -hmm. been like, it's been the hardest time of my life I've ever had because I, I've never felt this way. I've never gone through depression. I've never, like, I've never felt this way before in my life. It's very uncharted territory. You the, don't have the coping mechanisms and the skills to deal with it on your own because you haven't experienced that before. Yeah. Exactly. I don't know how, like, I've never had to face this and I, I never, um, you remember when I messaged you and yeah. I said, I was like, Hey, I'm having these like pains or, or feelings in my chest right now. Yeah. And it wasn't in my heart. It was like up here to the right. Yeah. And you're like, that sounds like anxiety mm -hmm. again, never really dealt with anxiety like that, like that strong. Yeah. And it just, it's, it's really taken its toll on me. I'm like, you know, I'm really grateful for my partner, for Sarah, for just standing by me and understanding that, you know, who I am right now is not who I am. Mm -hmm. And I'm trying to navigate that. I'm trying to get myself into a good space again. Um, obviously, our water ceremony was like very helpful. Mm -hmm. um, I've gone to counseling twice now uh i went to the gym as i mentioned earlier yeah you know i'm not i'm not gonna let this get the better of me i'm not just gonna like sit back and just you're making an effort i'm making an effort and you know it's important i recognize that like my relationship wasn't doing well i'm not doing well everything around me is just not you have too much going for you to give up is what your point is <laughs> yeah i'm not i'm i'm I, when it comes to these things, there's, you can let it overcome you or you can fight it. Mm -hmm. And right now I'm fighting. Mm -hmm. I'm, I'm grieving. I'm, I'm trying to like navigate through this and, you know, it's just been, there's been so much in such a short period of time and, but I recognize it. And that's like what I want to say. Like I recognize that I'm not in a good space. Mm -hmm. And I think that is one of the hardest things for people to like. It's the first step. It's the first step. Yeah. And, you know, so this, this is medicine to me. This podcast, me what too. we're doing, this is medicine. You know, this is, this isn't stressful. <laughs> this isn't like, oh man, I can't believe I got to do this. I'm like, yes, let's go. Like yeah. this excites me. This is something that helps keep me going and because you know you telling your story you're going to inspire other people out there that are either going through similar things or they can just really relate to you yeah. and find inspiration in that you know that's what that's i i hope that's my intention mm -hmm. i want men and women um out there who who are listening to this like understand that it's okay to ask for help it's okay to not be okay mm -hmm. it sucks it hurts you get lost but 
the only way you're going to find your way out of it is by reaching out and by acknowledging that you need to do something to yeah. change your path because it will take over your life. It will yeah. consume you. It will consume you. So, you know, it, it's, it's important. Mental health is something that, you know, we have rewarded this ideology of hard work and work hard and work yourself to death. Busy means successful. Busy means successful. No, yeah. it doesn't. It doesn't. And we again, it's a trauma response. Yeah. Mm -hmm. <laughs> so yeah. I'm like, I'm really grateful for, um, you know, I had a, a counseling session today with, uh, uh her name's Amanda. Uh, yeah. I want, and, uh, you know, she's, um, she's spent a lot of time in our community. Um, mm -hmm. and so she definitely understands our culture. She's not from our community, yeah. but she's indigenous and, you know, we got to talk a lot about a lot of good things today. And, you know, the one thing we touched on is going back to what you were saying about that community trauma mm -hmm. and how like we are constantly just, you know, when we, when someone passes away in our community, it doesn't just affect that family. It affects the entire community Yeah, and the amount of losses we've had mm -hmm. in the last year and even just throughout time. Like we, I feel like we are always in this kind of like f fight mode. Yeah. Because we're always fighting things like these. And then that's where the angry Indian stereotype comes in too. And it's just like, y'all, you're the ones putting our backs up against the chain link fence with barbed wire here. Like, what do you want <laughs> us to do? What do you want us to do? Yeah. You want us just, you want, they would love for us to just lay down and take it. Mm -hmm. I'm sorry, but our ancestors did not go through what they went through for us to give up that easily. And, and I, maybe we'll save. I'll save this for another, another episode. Cause I, mm -hmm. I really want to get into this a bit more on a, on a deeper level in terms of uh, trauma and, yeah. and dealing with that. But um, I just, I want everyone to, to know that like, you know, it's okay to ask for help and do it because when you, when I now I have a bit more clarity, I feel a bit better. Mm -hmm. um, I know I'm not through the woods yet. Yeah. But I'm going in that right direction and I want to help others. I want other people to be able to feel that they can share, that they can talk about their their issues or whatever it is that's keeping them down. Yeah. And just to know that like even just sharing your story, even just talking about the thing that is bothering you so much can be mm -hmm. so powerful. Yeah. So I I feel like um something I wanna talk about a little bit on that is um you know, I was somebody since I was a young kid, uh I faced certain traumas, um, certain abuses as a little kid that I actually didn't share with anybody until I was like 29 and okay. that's me right now. Like it was like last year that I actually opened up to family about right. something that had happened to me at an early age. And, um, and that was basically what set the tone for my life. And it made me very hyper aware of when other people are experiencing depression and, you know, somebody that I, I grew up with somebody quite famous actually, um, I was the person in our elementary years and in our middle school years and high school years that when I did go to that high school, that this person would come to if there was a problem and to other people, they didn't know that we were actually that on that level of friendship. 
Okay, yeah. And um, this person would come to me when they had problems. So being in the limelight and being somebody who was on TV and stuff, um, struggling with depression, I didn't recognize it at first until I saw so he was a bull rider. I'm going to, I'm going to name drop right now. Um, because this is something like something very near and dear to my heart. And I do want to talk about this as, as, because this is so huge for mental health and what he has done since his passing for the world of mental health has been amazing. And it's somebody I grew up with. Um, and that was very dear to me is Ty Pazabon. And he took his life, suffered many brain injuries, um, couldn't take it anymore. And it was the last time I watched him on a televised ride. And I was sitting in my grandmother's living room. And I was sitting in there and she taped it for me because I was working. I was a waitress. And okay. I was I was at her house and it was probably ten o'clock at night by the time we were watching it. And he had a really good ride. And he got off his bowl. He looked like he was dizzy jumped up on the jumped up on the shoots everyone's patting him hitting him hitting his head giving him congrats giving him congrats and just because that face that i have known since we were in elementary school together yeah i knew he was pissed off at himself okay. i knew he was at that point where he was frustrated he was i saw it in his eyes and i said something to my mama she was clapping she's like look at he did it he did it he had a wicked ride and i was just like mama he's mad like something's wrong yeah. something's wrong and i i couldn't get that thought out of my head I couldn't get that out of my head. I typed out messages to him several times. Hey, are you okay? Yeah. And because of that thought, the, it's like the reverse thought in the back of my mind where I was like, maybe he doesn't want to hear from me. Maybe it's a sensitive subject. Maybe I shouldn't reach out to him. This is my other thing for people is if you feel like your friend is going through a hard time and you see it, but you know that they're so prideful that they will not ask for help, reach out to them anyways, because I live every day with regret that I didn't reach out to him. And I felt it in my heart that he needed somebody to just say, hey, I know there's something wrong. What the fuck is going on? Right. And because I hadn't talked to him in like a year. Yeah. It had been a year since I had talked to him at all. And he was busy. He was famous. Like <laughs> someone from his past who I didn't think I was, I was anybody that could maybe make an impact on his life. I, was, I didn't feel like I was somebody that could have changed anything. Right. And... It was just like, it was just that badgering thought in my head all the time. Like, say something, Devin, say something. Maybe you'll make a difference. Say something just to be sure. And I didn't. And then he took his life. And I remember being, I was at Walmart when my, one of my best friends that grew up with us, my friend Kaylee called me. She messaged me first. She said, did you see the news? And I said, what? She said, it's Ty. And then she called me and she couldn't even get the words out. I couldn't get, I couldn't believe it. And I actually dropped to the floor and I just started crying in the middle of Walmart. And I walked out to the truck afterwards and Ryan just like, I was ghost white and he was like, what happened? And I was like, I couldn't even like spit it out. And it was, that was the year I actually went through the, that whole two years actually after he passed, I was a wreck. Ryan and I even broke up. And that was around the time you and I started becoming friends. I was mm -hmm. actually, I was in a really dark place. I was suicidal daily. I, I, I was mad at myself for not reaching out to him. I had buried seven friends that year. 
from suicide and overdoses. And so when we talk mental health, that is something that is very important to me because as somebody who struggles with suicidal thoughts, somebody who has like been there to grieve people who have committed suicide or those who have turned to drugs and passed away from, from overdoses, it's like mental health needs to be talked about more and for people to be able to reach out like you and I can to each other. Yeah. It's so important. And, and people do need to get past that stigma that it's a hush hush thing. It is not a hush hush no. thing. This needs to be out in the open. We need to save each other. We do a hundred percent. It's, and you know, like I do, I still, I still think about it every day that I should have said something. I know I had a I had a medium read. I had to have somebody else do a medium reading for me, and um, he and I wasn't actually. I didn't even call him in. He came in all on his own. Yeah, wow. he even pushed my grandfather out of the way and oh. said, "Nope, she needs to hear this because she is kicking her ass with these thoughts." <laughs> yeah, and came into the room and she was like, "It just got really dark in here." And there's a there's a young man that like he took his life and he needs to talk to you. And I was just blown away. I was like me and i knew right away who it was and i couldn't even take a breath then like i couldn't believe that the message came through and you know said that it what i would have said wouldn't have made a difference it was something that it was a life path thing and also you know it's it was just it was it's really hard to talk about yeah um because some people don't believe in mediumship and stuff like that right but there's (sighs) You needed, it was something you needed to hear. It, it was. It was something that gave me a little bit of peace, but also made me even more mad <laughs> because, you know. You know what? Um, I know uh, I've had this conversation with one of my best friends, mm-hmm. uh, Dwayne. Yeah. And, uh, you know, I used to think that, I had my th- beliefs about suicide and mm-hmm. um, after s- him and I had a very good conversation about it, I realized that you don't know what someone is going through yeah. and someone who sometimes in some ways when someone chooses to take their life, um, it might be something that nobody can fix. Yeah. That it's something that they internally struggle with so badly Mm -hmm. that it's you know you don't know what a day in their life is we don't know right because we're on the outside yeah and I never realized like I used to think suicide was selfish and then I I realized very quickly that it's it's actually not it's like a mercy yeah that's that's a that's a good way to describe it it's just you don't know the pain the suffering the the whatever it is that people are going through and when they come to that conclusion that that is their only way out mm-hmm. and so while we can sit here and, and like of course if someone in our near and dear to us takes their life of course we're gonna have those thoughts and feelings of i wish i had done something or why didn't i and but it, in some way it's like he like he came to you and said there's nothing that you could have done in that moment so it's really it's a very difficult thing to to understand yeah um when people are are, are dealing with stuff like that yeah um really quick i do want to mention uh 
After Ty passed, his family started a foundation oh. called the Ty Posbon Foundation. Cool. And it's completely directed at mental health, Whoa. Um, brain injuries as well. Um, so like, I do want to mention that here and I will, I will tag it um, in the podcast when I do do a post for it as well. Um, I, I, I've donated to the Ty Posbon Foundation. Um, they have merchandise and stuff too. Oh. If you, and, and purchases go towards the Ty Posbon Foundation. So there is that. And then they are in partnership, I do believe, or no, I don't know if it's in partnership, but they do uh, work alongside the Bell Let's Talk movement Okay. as well. Yeah. So, um, you know, when, when Mental Health Month comes up, is it week or month? Month. It's, month, yeah. Which yeah. it should be all year round for me. <laughs> it really should. <laughs> it really should be. It, I mean, there's no specific time of year, but especially this time of year, the darkest time of year where people are inside more. We don't get as much sunshine. We're lacking vitamin D. Y'all take your fucking vitamins. Um, get outdoors as much as you can. Do your best to stay motivated and active and stay connected with people because um, it's really easy to slip into that darkness. It is. Uh, make sure, you know, try to, you know, try to eat, eat right as yes, well. Your, diet. Your, your gut is, is very important when it comes to your body and how it uh, feels and reacts to things. So, mm-hmm. you know. Be active. It doesn't. Have, I'm not saying you have to go join a join a a, a, a a beer league hockey team or something. But that sounds like, like fun. Uh, it, it does. <laughs> <laughs> but you know, just just make sure, like, go out for a walk. Just get out, do something that like physically gets your heart moving. Find beauty and simplicity around you. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. Take care of each other. Check in on each other. Um, you know, it's. I, I am similar to Devin. I get feelings, um, every once in a while that like, you know, there's friends who I have who post heavy on social media and then all of a sudden I won't see them for like a few days. You gotta check in. I'm like, Hey, what's going on? Haven't seen you post anything. Mm -hmm. Oh, this happened. Yeah. Oh shit. You want to talk about it? Yeah. You know, I'm just really sad or, you know, whatever the case may be. Mm -hmm. And they're like, thank you for checking in. Some people don't want to talk about it too, but some people, the best way to be there for them too, is just to go and sit with them. Sometimes all they want to do is just sit with somebody. Yeah. Not even talk. Yep. Mm -hmm. But even if they don't want to talk, just that action of, of checking in. Yeah. It means the world. Like saying, I care. Yeah. 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 There's a, there's a lot of people who were not close. Uh, you know, I, I'm not saying we talk every day, but there's definitely people on my radar who I care about mm-hmm. and I always try to make space for and just ensure that like they're doing all right. Yeah. Um, and you know, as my sister, my sister, uh, has a, you know, she has a spoon theory and it basically says you only have so many spoons a day mm-hmm. to give. Right. Mm-hmm. So make sure you're careful with your spoons. Okay. Don't give out. Never heard that theory don't before. Give, <laughs> don't give out too many. Don't give out too many. Yeah. Right. Like, and um, and like we talked about before about being able to say no, mm-hmm. and um, you know, it, it, that is the most challenging thing I've ever faced is like saying no. There's serious fear around the word no. <sighs> is there ever? <laughs> <laughs> um, but I think uh, I think we're uh, we're running out of time here. We are. We are. <laughs> I think we ran out of time like ten minutes ago. We did. We that's, did. That's okay. That's okay. This this was so important though. We we couldn't save it for another episode. Like this was kind of like where we had our eye on the prize um, yeah. to really talk about this and like how we can navigate through mental health and how we can help each other ma- navigate through mental health and how to end the stigma and talk about it more and 
you know, anybody listening to this right now, you need to talk about something. Cody and I are really good at making people laugh. Yeah, we are. (laughs) (laughs) And you know what? To to all my brothers out there, check in on your brothers. Mm -hmm. You know what? Pick up that phone. I seen a cool uh, like video on TikTok, I think it was, the other day. And just, you know, some guy just like said, hey, you know, call your best friend. Tell him you love him. Mm-hmm. The guy's like, what? He's like, yeah, just pick up a phone. Tell him you love him. He's like, well, okay. He picked up the phone. He's like, hey, bro, what's going on? Hey, man, I just want to tell you I love you. Oh, I love you too. Mm-hmm. All right. Yeah, cool. Have a good day. All right. That releases endorphins as well. Yeah. So I'm telling you, fellas, right now, go tell your brothers you love them. Tell mm-hmm. tell your people, your friends that you love them. Just just say it. Just tomorrow's, get it out. Tomorrow's never promised. Tomorrow's never promised. So appreciate what you have today. Mm-hmm. And uh, ladies, non-binary, um, everyone in the world, just know you are worthy. You are worthy of love. You are worthy of self-love. Most importantly, you cannot give love to others genuinely unless you really love yourself and if you're giving love to others and you're not loving yourself that is also a trauma response learn to love yourself every inch of it every bit of it i will share with you in ceremony what i prayed for most was forgiveness forgiveness for any mistakes i have made forgiveness for any time i maybe have had clouded judgment it is okay you got to forgive yourself because nobody in this world is perfect no and to walk this life thinking that you need to be perfect and worthy of to be worthy of self-love is the biggest farce. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Love yourself, take care of yourselves, mm-hmm. give yourself that, uh, you know, give yourself that time. If you need a break, take a break. Mm-hmm. If you feel like things are too much, take a step away, yeah. take that day off, take a mental health day. You don't need to earn a mental health day. No. You deserve and need a mental health day. You so matter. Take care of yourselves, everybody. Thank you for tuning in. Uh, we hope that everyone <laughs> enjoyed this. It was a little bit of up and down, a lot of emotions here, but it's um, it's very important that we uh, that we share um, our stories with you, and hope that you can find some love and peace in what we've shared today. Absolutely. And then uh, one quick shout out too. Um, I, I was crying a little, so they might be popping off now, but shout out to my lashes, hey. um, res girl, res gal lashes. Uh, you can find them on Instagram. I'll post the tag there as well. And then thank you to my sponsor, Evelex 79. Shout out Evelyn. The, this sweater, like this whole setup is so comfortable. Thank it you so comfy. much for sending this to me. I love and appreciate you. Um, I love your designs. Um, y'all shout out to Evelex 79 for, supplying me with my outfit today yeah baby it looks great (laughs) thank you thank you and shout out to falcus media as always for making this video and uh podcast happen yeah thank you very much appreciate you brother i love you brother Uh. (laughs) (laughs) all right take care everyone see you next time bye guys bye